What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bullish Rippers. This is Evan, better known as Stock Market News on Twitter. Every Monday at 9.20 a.m. Eastern and Friday at 4 p.m., myself and my co-host, Wolf underscore Financial, also known as Gov, put on these spaces to help you guys get ready for the week ahead in the market and then get caught up on the week just past. Our goal is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you guys a little bit. We really appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of the good morning fintwitch show we're going to go ahead and get rolling here this will be about two hours of analysis live trading things like that uh i am going to try again this week i want to put out a tweet basically if any of my speakers do place a trade during this i would love for you to drop that trade if you're comfortable sharing it under this tweet so we can have it all in one place so we can see what's going on we got five minutes till market open let's turn it over to stock market news to get us rolling with news from the weekend yeah, what's up, man? It was honestly kind of a light news weekend slash light news morning. I got a couple of stories, but the biggest stories I was seeing this morning, it felt like a lot of analysts upgrades, downgrades, whatever, moving stocks. Uh, so there's a couple in there. I'm not going to really go too much on them, but a lot of the reasons the stocks are moving large amounts this morning is because of that. But I have Shopify's CEO, Tobias Lucky. I don't know, but Toby uh, will be joining Coinbase's board of directors. Lukey? Lukey? Oh, I thought you said he was going to join the space. I was like, oh, that's no, no, cool. no, no. That would be sick, dude. Maybe we can. Yeah, uh, Toby Lukey is uh, coming him. to that. But he's joining uh, Coinbase's board of directors. Um, Pepsi and LeBron James are teaming up to release uh, a new Flamin' Hot uh, Ruffles with a uh, hot cheddar and sour cream onion flavored. So that's coming soon. Uh, L3 Harris, which is a defense manufacturer, reported earnings this morning. They posted numbers of $3.30 EPS, which beat expectations of 287 and then revenue was 435 which came in below expectations of $4.47 billion. And then Otis Worldwide, ticker OTIS, I think they make like elevators or escalators, one of those, uh, but that could be completely off. But they reported this morning as well, they reported EPS of $0.72, cents, which beat expectations of $0.68, cents, and then sales of Three point five seven billion, which just missed expectations of three point five eight billion. So not really a big miss there. Uh, moving on, we have Apple. Remo- Apple and Google both reportedly removed LGBTQ dating uh, app Grinder from the App Store in China. Uh, Boeing looks set to sign a order agreement with Qatar Airways for a new freighter version of its seven 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 X passenger jet today. Uh, we'll see more details on that, but you know. I didn't see anything about how many planes or anything like that, so it's still kind of up in the air. But just know, one plane for Boeing is pretty expensive. So uh, even if it was just one plane, it is still worth worth noting and worth talking about. We had Credit Suisse upgraded. Actually, I'm not going to – This, I guess i got to go into a couple of the analyst ratings now. Credit Suisse upgraded Tesla to outperform from neutral. Uh, City upgraded Netflix to buy from neutral with a $450 price target. Those are the only two I reported. I know there was a Beyond Meat one that sends the stock higher. Let me just check into that quickly. Uh, Barclays upgraded Beyond Meat to overweight from underweight, raising their price target to 80 from 70. So that happened. Let me get over to a couple of the earnings from that from this week as well and talk a little bit about that now. So we got a pretty packed week of earnings. Some of the biggest ones that all of you guys are going to care about. We have tomorrow. We have ExxonMobil, AMD, PayPal, UPS, Google, GM, Starbucks. That's all just tomorrow. Then Wednesday, we have Facebook, Meta. There are some rumors going around right now that Meta is going to talk a lot about their new Metaverse business and kind of lay out 
what that looks like. That's going to be a focus of the call. I saw that from Reuters this morning, but still uh, we'll have to see that going forward. But also on Wednesday after the close, we also have Qualcomm and Spotify coming. And then Thursday we have Nokia, which kind of became the meme stock. We're about a year away from that, but uh, it's still a couple of people I know actually do care about that company. Penn National, Merck, Amazon, Ford, Snapchat, Pinterest, Activision, Blizzard, Unity. There's a bunch of stocks reporting earnings this week. I'm just going to take you into the the, the big three from my perspective, Amazon, uh, Google, and Facebook, Meta, whatever. I'm going to keep calling it Facebook until they change their ticker. Then I'll, I'll start actually on the transition over, but we'll see. Uh, Amazon reports earnings Thursday after the market's closed. Wall Street is expecting EPS of 362, uh, down from 14 uh $14 and one cent in Q4 2020. So you can definitely see them investing more in their business and the revenue of 137.63 billion. Uh, and then we have Google, which is Tuesday after the close tomorrow, EPS of $27.22, uh, up 22% year over year, and then rev of 71.87 billion, up 26.2% year over year. I'm trying to get through this quickly so we can get to market open. Facebook, they report earning after the market's close on Wednesday. EPS is expected to come in at 383, down 1.3% year over year, and the revenue of 33.44 billion, up 19.1% year over year. Quick note on Facebook: I'm also watching them to see if they take that meta ticker META on this conference call. I posted a video about it. Roundhill they switched the ticker of their metaverse ETF away from it effective today, I believe. And Facebook reports earnings on Wednesday, so I think that's going to happen. But I see the market did just open. It looks like about what. Four-fifths of the S&P 500 is moving lower at the start, but I'll throw it back to you, Gob, for a market opens. Yeah, taking a look off the back, growth doesn't seem to be getting hammered just yet. So Tesla, if you're looking at that as a bit of a leader here, is up 3% uh, in pre-market and you know, obviously just started trading live. Again, for my speakers, uh, if you're going to be trading stuff, I know, you know Danny and some of y'all are pretty active here at the beginning, a few minutes. Um, I did put a pinned tweet up top. Would love to get... Uh, information dropped in there. If you take an option trade, if you're taking commons, I know, Ja, if you're making moves, if people could use that, that would be awesome. That way we have a little bit of topic of discussion in addition with that for the speakers today. Uh, we'd love to just keep it interactive, right? If you're making a move or something, um, you know, throw your hands up, let us know. We can, you know, follow along with you. I see us moving higher here at the open. Square up 2.5%, AMD up 2.5% as well. Crowd moving up 2%, PLTR 2.5%. We'll see if it can reclaim some key levels. Twitter up half percent, Snap up 2%, ARC up 2%. So Tesla dipping a little bit here. Let's go to some of our speakers and see what they're watching at Market Open. Uh, SoFlo, I saw you unmuted. What's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually currently watching Square. I'm watching Chewy. Chewy's trying to break out soon. Um, I don't trust the move just yet. And I will be watching GM over 50, 60, 50.60. Uh, I do think that if if we break out and confirm over 50.60 for GM, we could see a push towards 51 and then a gap fill all the way up towards 51.44. So as of right now, I'm just watching that 50.60 level to see if it can hold for GM. Okay, looking at GM, that 51.60 level, just taking a look at that. Uh, And this would be to go long on it? Yeah, but as of right now, it's rejecting the level. So I'm just just watching it to see how it acts. Okay. In this Got it. Awesome. Okay, Danny, what are you watching at the open? Just watching right now. I'm watching the queues and spy. Pretty much trading in a range right now from pre-market. 
So watching SPY under 351.14 and over 354.57 and watch, excuse me, that with the Qs. And then SPY watching under 439.09 and over, under 439.09 and over 443.17. As far as individual tickers, watching Datadog, uh, currently opening slightly green, up uh, 0.33%. Caught Datadog last week on a nice dip. So I'm very happy with my position right now. Possibly caught the bottom, but but let's just wait and see. Also keeping an eye on Target, ticker TGT, opening flat, and uh, ticker CFLT, that is um, Confluent, uh, also has a nice 30-minute uh, setup. A lot of these stocks have what looks to be an ABC retracement from an Elliott Wave perspective. The, the question I have is, you know, I think we do see a bounce this week. I just don't know if the bottom is in. I think we saw a bottom last week. I just don't think it's the bottom. So happy to trade short term to the upside like I think we're going to get. But definitely still remaining cautious for that, I don't know, potential news event that might send us back lower. But, uh, yeah, so far so good. I'm, I'm watching just big caps now. I'm, you know, Apple, Facebook. Certainly Facebook has got my eye. That's my pick of the week from yesterday. Uh, I think their earnings call is going to be very interesting. Don't know what numbers are going to look like, but I'm with uh, um, stock news about, uh, you know, the meta name. I, I think that could potentially drop, and I think that would be huge, and I think that's going to get me a uh, back-to-back uh, World Wrestling Championship belt win right there. So let's see. Waiting on, waiting on Facebook. Got it. Got it. Okay, awesome. Jai, I saw you unmuted. Um, yeah, how are you guys doing? Your, your your mic's a little uh, muffled. You might want to come closer. I'm not sure if you're using earbuds or something. Is better now? Yeah, much better. I'm just watching Spy as of now. Same thing as Danny at 439.10 from pre-market. A whole bunch of puts are coming in right now for 426, 430, 437. There's some calls coming in as well. And um, I'm actually watching a small cap, TSRI, no position yet. It's uh, number one on Fintel. For a short squeeze, just watching SPY, TSRI, and NVIDIA. And NVIDIA broke a crucial resistance at 230.86, seeing if it will retest it as support. And yeah, no positions yet. Just watching. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Just let us yeah. know. Um, okay, I'm going to go over to Stock Talk. Call the speakers. If you're not uh, speaking at the moment, please just make sure that you are muted. Thank you. Okay. Stock talk. What have you been watching? Looking at a couple different things at the open here. Um, looking at FAS, uh, got the open that we wanted on that. Um, that was down to as much as 10%. A couple dip buyers here, but I don't think there'll be too many. That was the pipe unlock play I was talking about from last week. Um, also keeping an eye on uh, IINN, um, which just got a $212 million deal, seven-year deal. And it's like a micro cap, like a 20 million cap. So that thing has been running like crazy, keeping an eye on that. Um, also watching Microsoft today. I think if it could gain its footing, it could have a nice day, but um, it hasn't opened exactly as expected, just kind of choppy at the open. So I'll be patient with that one. Um, and then also watching PPSI, if it gets a flood, like a, a surge of volume here, it should run. That thing runs a lot historically and, just got a $12 price target this morning, $5 stock. So um, we'll see if that can end up moving it today. 
Uh, and then other than that, just keeping an eye on Tesla, seeing if it can reclaim some key levels on the way back up. It's at a strong open. It's up, what, almost 5% now. Um, so keeping an eye on Tesla, uh, seeing if it can get a close above 900, which would be good for the stock. But, I mean, that would be a massive day as well. So we'll see. Uh, but that's just what I'm looking at right now. And also watching Bitcoin, too, because I think if Bitcoin could retake 38K, then I'll probably go long on the miners for a bounce as well. So that's just a couple of things I'm watching as of just yet. Perfect. Um, okay, uh, uh, real quick, I'm looking here to take a trade on NVIDIA, uh, potentially the 240 weeklies. I'm watching them. They're right around five bucks uh, right now. So just keep an eye on that. It, it is above its 200-day moving average, looking for a bounce off of it, if excuse me, if higher. I'm just looking for an ideal entry right here. Uh, if they drop down, it's like 485. I might scoop them. Um, okay, Matt, what are you watching? Hey, guys, good morning. Uh, good morning, Gav, uh, and good morning, friends. This morning, straight out the door, I'm looking at SPY. We have a huge earnings week this week. Um, we got, you know, tech is going to be highly confirmed by about Wednesday. We have a lot of tech companies, a lot of cloud companies, um, you know, Facebook this week, Amazon this week. We have a bunch. I think Tuesday is probably going to be the biggest day to set the stage for the week. A very diversified uh, earnings spread and from Alphabet to Exxon, Alibaba, PayPal, UPS, AMD, Starbucks. I mean, it's almost like the the health of the economy day, right? How this widespread um, group of companies, how are they going to do? I think they're going to do great. I think things are looking pretty okay, even though the signals out the door aren't super bullish. Um, I started my trading challenge today, so I'm taking being cautious for my first trade already was a win out the door. So that was kind of fun. Um, but the S&P is still kind of sandwiched between hedge pressures. We're sitting there, which is something that's interesting. Um, and a lot of the stocks are trading down and they're continuing to trade down a lot of gap downs that aren't really filling and moving forward. So the index as a whole is still kind of hesitating. I think they're going to wait for Tuesday before they start moving. Um, but things are looking slightly better, at least as far as a volatility sense goes. We saw last night in futures, the market kind of stabilized a little bit. Um, European markets stabilized a little bit, I guess, um, compared to what we expect. Uh, expected from the week before. So I think the market's taking a breather this week and um, not really too scared of everything, but obviously, you know, these trades that I take a little bit, like kind of take little bites at it. If you guys remember, y'all know me very well. I, I'm the, I like to sit out when things look weird guy. And I probably, since the Fed minutes to start crashing the market, only try to make three scalps, um, you know, period trading, you know, and, um, the idea is that when things are looking weird, I, I notice it out. Today's one of the first days when things are starting to stabilize and look okay. So I'm going to start taking stabs at the market again. But the thing is, is that, you know, sitting out when everything's irrational is always a good thing. And as of lately, now that we have that information, that markets are less irrational, it, it's kind of easier to maneuver and manage. So, you know, I didn't get hit with all that chop that we had. But spy out the door is what I'm looking for because I want to see what that's doing. NASDAQ is looking a lot cleaner than the S&P. But with oil being where it is, you know, the idea is can that sustain if people start, you know, putting money to other things. And um, so if SPY stays good, then everything's going to stay good. Um, as far as any names I'm looking looking at, like I do want to see what ExxonMobil is doing um, leading up to earnings. That's going to be a big deal. And of course, how Amazon's going to respond. Um, obviously, you would see more and more and more Amazon shipping uh, or products being shipped due to inventory coming back and being more readily available. Um, so that's kind of like my gauge for this and Ababa as well, right? So those are like my two gauges for the health of the transportation and shipping sectors. You know, they've kind of been a problem since COVID. So <clears throat> that's kind of where I'm going. Those are all the companies I'm looking at. And 
Um, you guys want any tickers like later on after we make our rounds, just let me know and I'll throw them up there for you. Yeah, perfect. If you, yeah. Uh, you know, hear any too as they come out, definitely yeah. uh, you can look into those. Um, okay, let's keep it going. Um, still mainly watching NVIDIA, also watching Tesla personally. Um, May, I think those, in, so those NVIDIA ones actually pulled back to 465 and then ran up to 565 pretty quick. Um, so I'm just looking for the, the range there. Um, okay, let's keep it going. Vegas, hey, what are you oh, looking at? Sorry. Oh. Oh, yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Did you want to? Spin yeah, and no, I just posted Neo uh, 23 calls on the um, checkpoint thing. So anyway, yeah. Quickly, I also know someone was saying Square earlier. I just got a notification. It's up 5.5%. So whoever was watching that, hey, shout out. Cheers. Cheers. So uh, good morning, everyone. And uh, yes, we could see a lot of strength right now in the QQQ. Uh, Apple, we know, had obviously uh, good earnings, good guidance. And uh, Apple, uh, comfortable taking a trade here, even for a day trade. A lot of the swing traders probably eyeing this 172.50. That's where the resistance will trigger. If it can break that 172.50, you can definitely expect everyone, uh, especially swing traders, definitely going long on this. Uh, anticipating a move on Apple uh, if, for a swing trade, probably looking at the, um, you know, obviously you probably want to do the 175 calls or 172.50 in the money for the if you're going to do a weekly. Um, but I don't really recommend weekly. Better off to go February 18. And uh, my target on Apple, if it does trigger and breaks that 172.50, heading towards 181. Uh, 86, so probably 175, 177. I'm really looking at $2 increments. Um, everyone's watching. I know Tesla. Tesla, I'm interested in Tesla if it can break um, 900. Definitely loving to go long on Tesla if it can break 900. And Netflix, I know a lot of you, I know Stock Talk Weekly has been all over Netflix too. Um, we saw the insider buy there from the co CEO over 55,000 shares. So Netflix is a great long as well. Um, as long as it doesn't go below 360, but Netflix looks great all the way. It can probably hit 425, 450, 475. So like really liking Netflix also for a long. So um, and comfortable, you know, to even, you know, if it pulls back, take advantage of the dips because we know Netflix can be really volatile. So obviously you don't want to buy always the top, wait for the pullbacks. Uh, but as long as it stays over 400, uh, if it pulls back, a great opportunity to, to get into there, especially if you like trading the options. But some nice moves coming. Um, also, just wanted to comment quickly on Schlumberger. Uh, that had a nice move. So just to watch that one, uh, if it can break $40, there'll be a nice move towards uh, 45 So those are the ones I'm I'm definitely watching. Uh, but top watches, obviously, Netflix and Apple and Tesla, if it can break 900 Perfect. Thank you, Vegas. And uh, again, I'll reiterate for anybody in the room, if you look up top, uh, I can repin it, but it's my last tweet pretty much. Basically, just asking people to document some of their trades. I see Soklo dropping trades in there. I see Jaw dropping trades in there. So if you do take anything, we'd love to see that. I think that'll make it pretty easy. Um, okay, let's keep it rolling around. So just taking a look, I think we're going to get that first Finviz appearance in uh, a minute or two. But the market does seem to be holding up quite nicely right here. So Tesla... Up now 5.3%, kind of cruising back, definitely aiming to retake uh, that uh, $900 level. Uh, Definitely getting some alerts on there. Those 950 uh, calls, um, they may be a little bit expensive at this point. I'm just taking a look. 
Yeah, those are up to 11. Okay, they're trading at about $11 each. Um, so not too terrible. Might be for some people. Uh, okay, John, what's going on? No, just if anyone grabbed that, I'm scaling here for 20%. The Neo. Neo's up 20%. Okay. Awesome. Appreciate you letting us know. Um, let's keep getting in and out. Danny, uh, what do you see now that we're about 15 minutes in? Uh, yeah, a very nice trade on Apple already. Um, I did take the 170s on Friday for a day trade, uh, caught about 60% on those, and then sold it and rolled up to the 172.50s for this week and the 175s for next week. I'm scaling out of my 172.50s right now. Uh, I'm probably going to be adding some 175s for next week on a pullback. But if you look up on the top of the nest, basically this was my play of the week, not on stock talk weekly's call last night but on my newsletter so if you if you got my newsletter basically this was the trade that exactly what i was looking for i'm looking at a wave three uh to land somewhere between 173 and 177 and i know that's a wide range but um that's what i'm looking for uh for my first target and then on a pullback possibly back to that 170 to 171 mark. I think we can hit a wave five up to about 182. Uh, and again, this was catching the wave C down. And now I'm looking for a counter trend move back up uh, to that 177 mark. So I agree with what uh, what Vegas had just said. And then Datadog, uh, right out of the box, like two to it up. I think it was up about 3%, a little over 3% just before. So uh, that trade's looking really, really nice. Everything else for them, for me looking still pretty flat, uh, at least for what I'm looking at um, for my weekly trade plans. But uh, D-Dog and AAPL looking real nice right now. Oh, and by the way, I, I did see, I know you mentioned NVIDIA. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt. Somebody was on the call, but I, I saw that flow come in, and I did grab those um, those 240 calls Um uh, I'm already starting to scale out a little bit on those, but yeah, I saw, I saw the flow coming in. I just didn't want to interrupt who was talking at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. There definitely is a lot of people that are sweeping into NVIDIA this morning at those 240. I guess you probably saw the same thing as I did yeah. you at about 934. There's just a run on the 240s. Uh, it's like 138K, 144K, 76K, 59K, 65K, 32K, 78K, 100K, 100K, 150 uh, they just really just pounded the 240s. Uh, so, yeah, we could see uh, that kind of show off in NVIDIA. It has pulled back a little bit. It was up over 3%. Um, so it's kind of forming a little bit of a base here on the five-minute. And we'll see where it kind of flows out towards. Taking a look at Finviz right here. Uh, I can post a screenshot of this for anybody that's not familiar. But we are seeing a majority, uh, I would say at least 50% of the S&P 500 is red today. But the large caps are green. Um, Tesla, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Netflix is very green, AMD's green, uh, microchip, and a couple of others. So definitely a lot of green throughout here. But then financial services, insurance, uh, pretty red, uh, real estate, pretty mixed, energy, uh, kind of mixed. But nothing's like terribly red except for a little bit of aerospace stuff is pretty red. Visa's decently red. Uh, but nothing else is too crazy that I'm seeing, uh, besides for some tiny ones like CCL. Uh, I did see people trying to dip by on CCL, though. I'm not not sure what's going on there, but it was one of the first that I got <clears throat> alerted on this morning. Okay, uh, let's keep it yeah. rolling around. What's going on, Evan? Just want to chime in there a little bit uh, quickly. The indexes are 
Uh, well, the S&P 500 is right about even right now. It's down 0.05%, but it's right around that, that even line for this entire time. And QQQ is right about up 1%. So it's going to play into that theme that you were really talking about there, that the, that small band of mega cap stocks at the mega cap tech stocks at the, stop, at the top are going to be going up today. Well, a lot of other stuff under the covers might be going down in different sectors. Um, but also the heat map is, uh, is like 10 to 15 minutes delayed. So we should see some, a, a lot more color in 15 minutes. We should, we should go back to it. Quick best performers at the open were uh, Spotify, best performing large cap stocks were Spotify, Roblox, Neo, JD, Xpeng, and then Netflix at the start there. So a lot of big popular stocks doing well at the start. I'm just going to quickly scroll that over to the worst performing large cap stocks and just give you guys some color on that, and then I'll, I'll move it. So Wolf Speed, L3 Harris, Carnival, Citrix, and Ryanair are the worst performing large cap stocks pretty much at the open. And uh, yeah, uh, back to you, Gob. Okay, uh, let's take a look at what's going on here. So NVIDIA pulling back. Uh, I would just be cautious here. So just for a look at the uh, major indices on the session chart, the S&P came back right up towards its 200-day moving average, and is now that this is the, the third time really that it's kind of tried to reclaim it here. I guess it's tried to reclaim it for like a week straight, but continuously failed. And right now it's on a pivotal point where it's right underneath the 200 day moving average, like a dollar underneath it. Um, you know, if it was to get above it today, so if you see this go green and then back to red and head back down, that would be a rough signal. Um, if it wasn't able to reclaim it again, the queues aren't as close. They're still trading uh, about $10 underneath, a little bit more than that actually uh, right now from their 200-day moving average. So we're not in exactly healthy territory. Um, and I know a lot more people felt bullish on that call last night, especially when we were talking with Stock Talk and you know, a lot more people were taking longs and things like that. But I'm still looking for a little bit uh, of a fall here, especially in you know some names. Uh, the two main things I'm looking for are one, do they have a gap to the downside necessarily? If you go back one, two earnings cycles, a lot of stocks had a large gap upwards where they shot up 10, 20% on a single day. Um, and now that a lot of them are falling back down, often you'll see them what's called fill that gap where they'll basically just close that out. And then in addition, some of these large caps that have had you know big run-ups and didn't have the fall back downwards, uh, we could see continuous fall in them if they were to go underneath key moving averages. What's going on, Evan? Yeah, you just mentioned Stock Talk Weekly Space there. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to it because what it's really become for me is a really great sentiment check going into the week where, you know, how many short plays, how many long plays and what type of things people are calling on that call uh, really is helpful to me. Like the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing a lot of people more bearish on it. And it felt like this weekend there was definitely that start more towards I'm going to do calls and the market's going up which definitely frames my, my thinking in one way. And I definitely do agree with you, Wolf, on that, that we kind of did see that shift today. But I definitely did just want to give a shout out to that space is that, you know, if you're chilling on Sunday, you want to see that tweet after, it's become a really, really great sentiment checker going into the week where these, a lot of professional investors and where, you know, a bunch of audience members are as well, kind of where their head's at. So just want to give a shout out to that because you mentioned it. Perfect. Um, and yeah, absolutely. And while we're going, we've already been going for 30 minutes. We'll be going for another while up here. Please make sure you're checking out these speakers. We have a carefully curated panel of people that we reached out to. Uh, pretty much everybody up here is an active trader or investor in one sort or another. Um, a lot of knowledgeable people. And I just recommend clicking into their bios um, while you're listening. You're hearing uh, different styles. And we're going to be on Spaces all week. So if you haven't already, I recommend clicking into my bio and checking out my pin tweet. 
I put this out every single week, spent a lot of time working on this. And this lays out the 19 spaces that we are doing this week. So this is number two of 19. And you'll see we have actually three more spaces today. And then basically, yeah, at least three spaces every single day for the rest of the week, uh, except for four today and five on Thursday. So definitely be taking a look with some big guests that are going to be coming on in a wealth and variety of topics. Okay, Stacky, you came up. What's going on? I was watching Spy today. You know, I've been on like this spy kick. But um, like you said, it's underneath the 200 MA and I'm just uh, keeping my eye on that. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm kind of a bear right now when it comes to spy. So I'm, I'm hoping it breaks down <laughs> so I can put some uh, nice long puts in. That's what I'm looking at today. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. Okay. Uh, looking there, it might break above though. So we will see if it does break down. Uh, that Neil plays <laughs> running jaw. Yeah, sixty. I just closed the sixty-two percent. The twenty-two calls. Very nice, very nice. Anything else on your radar right now? Uh, just Nvidia, ABBV, and Spy as of now. Yeah, Neo's ripping. Wow, I got out of point eight six to point nine zero now. So, which ones did you have on Neo? AB. Uh, I had the twenty-three calls for point five three. I posted okay. it. I posted it in the uh, checkpoint thing. Yep. Yep, very nice. So now those are trading up at 90? Yep. Okay, very nice, very nice. That that might go 100% right there on those. Yeah. Okay, and, and nice job taking that profit too. Yep, thank you. Perfect. What's up, uh, Taylor? How do I want to do stocks to the point where I won't get bored? Because, like, a- NFTs, I do that because it's, like, you know, it's fun, like, you know, getting cartoons. and Like, how do I – I feel like I never – gravitated towards stocks i wanted to do it because it's just like i don't know i'm not gonna say boring that would be that would be rude but like uh i don't know how to well i i would say there's a lot of different styles of investing and for everybody that's in here obviously we're clearly active day trading right now some of us may be playing swings but there's a lot of different styles of investing one way or another you kind of need to invest uh otherwise you feel the pain and burden of not investing later on that's kind of just how it works and there's a lot of strategies where people, you go to index funds, right? And if it's like stock trading on a daily basis doesn't excite you, you buy SPY, you buy the Qs, you own some index funds, your money, you know, historically and statistically goes up over time and you create that nest egg for yourself. Um, if this is something that interests you on a daily basis, and I assume the pool to it for a lot of people is, right, there's quick movers, right? Especially if you're playing options, especially in a market like this with volatility, where we also, you know, these are household things, right? We're trading companies that we're using, like we're trading Apple, you know, on our iPhones, right? We're doing a lot of different things. But for some people, it works indifferently. And I think there's a lot of different appeals. So I would say the biggest part of it is finding the type of investing that does appeal to you and then leading into that. And if that's not stocks and it's NFTs, I still recommend holding index funds, ETFs, having a general knowledge of what's going on in the market. Looks like you want to add on to that, Evan. Yeah, no, I, I definitely did. And, and really where I want to come at this is, you know, it, it's if you want to invest and do that for fun, like you, you 100% should be doing that. But you still definitely should get exposure to the market, as Wolf said there. You know, when I look at, you know, portfolio management and, and dealing with your money, um, it kind of just comes down to, you know, I want to have fun. I want to do stuff and trade and I'm making money with it, okay, I'll put 20 to 30% of my portfolio in that. And you can have the rest of your portfolio portfolio in these boring stuff that makes you money over time for the future. Uh, you can do a bunch of different things. It's really kind of just looking from a macro perspective. How much money do I have? 
looking down at, okay, where do I want to put it across this? How much should be in that area where it's boring, so I'm not touching it. So when in 20 years from now, I look back and say, wow, that boring was not boring at all when I, it compo compounded at X percentage a year and I made so much money from it. And you thank yourself in the future. But in the meantime, and I think this will also help you from not touching your long-term goals, is having that other portfolio where you flip NFTs and do your stuff in there and make good money from it. And I think that every single trader should have a long-term account and a stock talk will say every single long-term investor should have a short-term trading account. It's really kind of just, you know, what do you do with those profits from those accounts? If, you, if you're making a lot of money in NFTs and having fun and doing stuff like, like that, and then transferring the profits you make from that into a long-term account where you're just kind of debt dollar cost averaging into these S&P 500, QQQ, whatever the index is over time, you're going to become really rich and you're going to have a, a very safe and, and you know secured future if you do it like that. So I, I think that it's just kind of looking top down at, at your money as a whole, what should be in that boring stuff that's not a lot of work that can be making you money easily over time? And, and what should be in, in that fun stuff that makes you money right now, but is definitely a lot of work and whatever. But yeah, that's where I was looking for. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm trying to learn more because I felt like I used to have that mindset with NFTs too. At first until I actually dived into it and started learning it. So um, that's why I'm always like, to Wolf, can you teach me, teach me? Because I feel like once I know, it'll be game over. So thank you. Yeah, and, and just pointing out the last two years as you know historical reference, and it's not normal that SPY goes up 20-something plus percent, but the S&P 500 did go up 26% last year and probably outperformed a significant amount of people that were day trading. So if you find other areas that are really interesting to you, like NFTs and crypto, well, one, it's obviously uh, you know, a point of interest. We do spaces on those all the time. And two, again, just like Evan said, you can use those as your more everyday muse and then transfer those profits into something like the S&P 500, which has historically gone up over time. So that is a strong strategy. Okay, market is cruising here. Tesla up 5.5%, ARKK running with it slightly above Tesla. SE and Square both up in the 6% range. Uh, waiting on that next FinViz refresh to come in in two minutes so we have a better picture overall of the market. But stuff's going. What's going on here, Gavin? Yeah, Wolf, what's up? How's the money going for you guys? Uh, money is coming in, so it's pretty good. How's it going for you? I think for me, this might be another bull drop, so... I'd rather wait a couple more days before buying anything. Oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you, Gerd. I agree with you. I think we're moving in. That's kind of what I mentioned on Stock Talk Space last night, actually, when I went short on Penn, was that I thought we could see another failed attempt to reclaim key moving averages on SPY, which it is above right now. So we'll have to see. I think this is like the moment of truth right here. So you're kind of waiting it out. And for me, right, so SPY has a very, very big week. You know why? For SPY, it's at the 200-day moving average, and it broke below that for the first time in over two years. And we have 120 earnings from SPY stocks this week. And if I'm not wrong, this is the highest number of stocks in the SMB 500 reporting earnings in a week. So I think that should have a big impact here. But the weightage isn't that big, right? Like Apple and Microsoft are the biggest components, but they've already gone. But you have a lot of smaller names that uh, go report on in six weeks. So. And I think by Friday, we should know. Was this a bull trap or is this a reversal? So for me, I either wait, right? Because I think Spy can pull back another 5 to 7% easily. So. And I don't want to overpay for these names. 
Like all of these high growth, high budget names that were selling off for the last three, four months are up like five, six percent on there, right? You can see all the fintech names. Shopify, App One, SoFi, Square, even ARKK. How much is that right now? ARK is up six percent. I think, do you guys remember on Thursday, Jim Cramer said to shot ARK? Yeah, it's up like 10% since. <laughs> We're like, how can he be so bad? I don't get that. Like, how can he be so bad at these calls? It's it's kind of, it's becoming a thing, though. He's like, he's really good at getting the other side, you know? You just gotta, you just gotta be consistent. Bro, like, no, the amount, the consistency with the, like, with, like that's not normal, right? Like, usually you're like, like half and half right, but this is like 90 10. Like, and the timing is so weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's 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 kind of like Nancy Pelosi buys things that go up, Kramer buys things that go down, you know? Mm. Some things are just like that in life. I mean, I think I, that they told people to shot uh, ARKK after they've gone ARK. Should have. Any other stocks you're watching? So for me, I'm watching some more SPACs. Other than that, nothing. But do, I, do, I do have a list of stocks I want to buy. But only if they drop another 30 body person. So what about you guys? Is the player of the um, week back from you, Wolf? What's your, the, the weekly how? What's it called again? Well, well, we kind of have play of the week with Stock Talk um, on his space. Stock Talk, can you accept co-host so I can bring up Luke? I, I'm out of speaker spots. Got you. Thank you. Okay. What's up, Staggy? Vegas. And, and we do have a lot of speakers up here. So just act like Vegas is doing right now. If you want to come in, the best idea is going to be yeah. raising that hand. And we'll, we'll move around like that. What's up, Vegas? Hi, I just want to just comment quickly uh, that uh, Microsoft had a lot of dark pool prints last week. And so it has triggered over the dark pool levels. So those prints look like they're confirming that they were all buys. So Microsoft is bullish as long as it's over that 310. So uh, comfortable uh, with the swing idea on Microsoft over 310. Targeting uh, 320, 325, 330. Stop loss under 295. If anyone likes to go long or, you know, if you're going to do options, definitely do a monthly. If you have a smaller account, you should be looking at maybe the 330 calls. Those are currently around 190-ish. And February 18th, do monthlies. Do not, this is not for day trade. This is not for weekly. So definitely long on Microsoft. Um, And you can see Apple cut through beautifully like butter on that 172.50 level so we're going to definitely head towards um i would i wouldn't be surprised if it goes 175 today on apple awesome microsoft yeah looking pretty good uh you know clearly back above that 200 and bouncing similar to nvidia what's up matt hey what's up and by the way good morning vegas and stacky it's good to see you here and of course everybody else but um you guys here as well uh so today uh, we are getting some really positive uh, movement, especially as far as momentum goes. Uh, a lot of the stocks are pushing out. NVIDIA was quite a surprise. We, we're, we're walking a hedge pressure breaks on some of these, which have caused a little bit of a gamma squeeze. We've seen that bump up, and about this 44.50 level S&P is that first test limit I'm looking for. Um, things are in a pretty decent recovery mode with VIX and complete decay. So I think um, the early caution sentiment I had, or cautious sentiment I had early in the morning has kind of shifted. Um, my very first trade of the challenge I took a long scalp out the door and it's very successful. So um, clean, it feels clean. So markets kind of leaning towards recovery mode. I wouldn't say reversal rally mode, but at least recovery, right? Things are relaxing. And I think, I think this week will kind of test out at least retracing some of that big downside because a lot of, you know, a lot of pricing in this earnings that we've seen, I think, especially, I mean, NVIDIA was a, was a big runner. And I think that, um, 
I think that that's kind of a, a key signal for what we have expecting um, with some of the bigger names coming out this week. I think, you know, if, if NVIDIA can do well, and I think aren't, isn't their earnings? Let me double check. Let me see. Hold on. I'm thinking my internal monologue here is not awake. Um, we have Google. Google. That's what I'm looking for. So we had Google on uh tomorrow so basically with with google going tomorrow and and nvidia being one of the i guess major breakouts today i was just now looking at that um their earnings is what the 16th okay yeah so essentially we're going to get some relaxation some of the shorts covering going into earnings i think is what's going to happen because apple and tesla didn't prove that the market was additionally pricing that in further this big nasty fall we had people think you know rate hikes and, and quantitative tightening but really a lot of it is also pricing and earnings. And I think that um, we might relax on some of this and say if NVIDIA has a nice little squeeze up and then sells back off before earnings, I think that's what's going to be expected. So I think we're going to have this big upside down U-shaped kind of dead cat bounce week that we might have two or three days up and then uh, two or three days back down so we can have this major earnings next week. So everything's looking super clean and non-volatile. This is just for everybody else out there. I'm not calling for reversal, but I think the, the selling's over at least for today. Interesting. Market-wide. Uh, yeah, market-wide. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see what happens, uh, Danny. What's going on? Uh, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to uh, let you know I'm starting to scale out of my Apple 175.50 calls for this week. Uh, we do have a 1618 extension at 173.54, so we're just about 50 cents shy of that. So I just want everybody to be aware of that level. Uh, wave three does look really good. This is exactly what we want to see on a wave three. We want to see the, the gap up, which is what we got on Friday. Now it looks like we're in wave three of three. I still feel like we hit 177 this week, but we might see a little bit of a speed bump here at that 173.54 level. And uh, Datadog, yeah, wow, what a, what a move. Definitely caught a bottom on this. Uh, we went right through the 142.28 level, which was my 1272 extension to the upside. We're well on our way to that 1618 at 148.36. That's going to be my next target on on Datadog. And then NVIDIA, same thing. Beautiful retest of the breakout on the wedge. Uh, that pushed through 233.71. Our first target's going to be 240.65. We should see a little resistance there. If we get over there, I think 248.12 is going to be uh, my next target. That's going to be a 1272 extension off of this swing high, swing low on the 30 minute. So those are the three names. Uh, well, I wasn't really watching NVIDIA. I was watching Apple and Datadog, but NVIDIA caught uh, caught on the flow. So that's that's number three for today. So all three of these trades looking really, really good right now. Awesome. Keeping an eye on Datadog, Apple, NVIDIA. Thank you for those tickers. Okay, let's keep looking around. So yeah, a lot of stuff pumping up hard this morning. Um, seeing big moves in Upstart, you know, Tesla, Firm, uh, a lot of green, a lot of calls coming in. So right now I see overall market sentiment pretty bullish on these calls, like 70, 30% uh, with the call ratio. So, okay, I just got another alert on Apple too. What's up, Gerg? And with this, right, there's one more fact. So last year, right, the last day you saw for your tax loss was 31st in the U.S. and 28th in Canada. So the people who sold for tax loss purposes, they can buy back from there. So you might see some money coming in from that too, right? So when you sell something for your tax loss, you can't buy it back for a month at least. So, But after a month, you're free to buy the same equity back. So 
the names that were written down a lot last year and people saw for tax law purposes, they might be binding them back to the... Yeah, I was going to say the same thing that Gerg just said, actually. But an- another thing was, um, and I tweeted it last week about J.P. Morgan's note on positioning that they put out last week. Um, they didn't really mention the tax loss harvesting players coming back in, but that is true. It's been 30 days. But another um, catalyst is that today is uh, the peak for buyback blackouts. So after today, uh, you know, buyback blackouts have peaked and we'll start de-escalating from here. So we'll have less and less buyback blackouts, which means more and more companies can buy back stock, which is a huge reason for stocks rallying in the first place. And then on top of that, we hit the peak put to call ratio from March 2020 on Friday. So that was another uh, catalyst that JP Morgan cited. Um, so we'll see, you know, if this can carry through for the week. But, you know, rallies and bear markets even tend to be very explosive because there's so much short interest built up on individual names. And so you see these double digit rallies and bounces like this. It doesn't mean that the market's in reversal necessarily. And I'm not saying that it isn't either. But, um, you know, it, you see these explosive rallies because of, you know, think about it. Everybody for the last two weeks has been buying, buying nothing but puts and, and shorts. So, you know, when you get any of these kind of positive sentiment rallies where you have pension funds repositioning, you have tax loss harvesting players coming back in, you have blackouts ending. There's a lot of stocks that are a lot cheaper than they were 10 months ago. And so you know, whether or not you consider them value, there are names that have gone from absurd multiples to relatively reasonable multiples. And so there's going to be some institutional interest in that. And that can drive these double digit bounces. You're seeing like so many things on my watch list today are up double digits, you know, and that it's been a while since that's happened. So um, I wouldn't buy too much into it. But yeah, I agree with what Matt said earlier for today. It seems like it'd be really hard to fight this momentum. Yeah, very, very good points there to bring it on. Um, so for anybody that was familiar with that, we discussed a little bit, you know, more towards the end of the year last year about wash sales and how people can take the asset that they have the losses on, they can sell it off and then buy back 30 days later and use those losses to remove some of their tax liability uh, from gains. Um, so that would now be in January 31st, exactly be an opportune time for some of them to get in, maybe do some month end rebalancing while they're at it if they're a larger firm. Okay, perfect. Let's keep it rolling around. Luke, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, just uh, getting my update on the market here and uh, looking things over. Just got out of class. But I take a look at the market, and really what I see is, so I see the VIX coming down, which I like to see definitely um, if you're leaning towards the bull side, if you'd like to see this market spin. Um, but what I do see here is that when it comes to SPY, which I've been paying attention to all morning, um, last week, we really just saw a pretty solid range between 444 and 427.5, and it really liked that range. And I am now seeing SPY break up and out of that range, and also I'm seeing on the daily um, a 9 EMA retake, so it's retaking that 9 EMA, which I like to see. Um, so I, I look at the broader market, and I look at what is going on on a performance basis, and I see that really you're seeing growth outperform the day. A lot of growth is outperforming um, and catching a bid. Now, in part, I think really what we're seeing is possibly the beginning of a relief rally. 
I am not yet buying into uh, the reversal story. I do think this is mostly just some relief after some outsized selling over the course of the past few weeks. Um, and th- I think, you know, if we do, if, if this is the beginning of a relief rally, um, I think you could see this go on uh, for a few days here. Um, but I am not yet buying into a full reversal across the market. Um, and I won't buy into that until I see a little bit more um, reclaiming of key levels here on volume. I'd really like to see that. I'm not going to let one day um, of strength in NASDAQ specifically, really, because the rest of the market really isn't impressing me. Um, I'm not going to let that uh, completely change my mindset. I continue to be hesitant of any upside in this market since we entered really this choppy downtrend over the course of the past uh, two months is really how how long it's been. It started right about then and accelerated over the course of the past few weeks. Um, but when it comes to individual names, I like what I'm seeing in NVIDIA. I know Matt mentioned that. So NVIDIA, I have on watch there. Some inside days I had on my watch list going into this morning. Occidental, Schlumberger, and JD.com. I see JD.com is uh, definitely pushing up to the upside. So I like to see, I like what I'm seeing there. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't jump in because I had differential equations, but so be it. Um, that's just uh, the college life, I suppose. So I like what I'm seeing there, JD.com. And I know there was some strength um, in China stocks overnight in Asia, obviously. So I, I, I like what I'm seeing there. Um, so I continue to watch the oil names as well. There has been more talk of $100 a barrel oil. I think some of that is is far-fetched, but at the same time, you know, nothing is impossible. And I do know that, you know, social hype and enough people believe that oil is going to 100 bucks a barrel. You could see some of these oil names make some moves. Um, and I made a very similar trade a few months ago, and it worked out very well. So I'm watching some oil names, specifically, you know, Occidental um, and CVX. So I continue to watch those names. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and then I also continue to keep my eye, you know, on growth. I continue to keep my eye on semiconductor names. I'm seeing a lot of nice bounces in that, you know, area, but I'm not chasing these bounces. Um, I'm willing to wait and let the opportunities come to me. Um, I, I, a lesson of mine just a few years ago was, you know, really don't chase. And I kind of ingrained that in myself. So I, I really hate chasing things and I'm not going to chase even a smaller move. I'm going to let the opportunity come to me. Um, so I'm just kind of just eyeing everything right now, playing everything patiently. I'm still not in the mindset of putting out a ton of risk, trading smaller, keeping my stops tight. And I will continue to do that until this market indicates to me a little more direction um, and a little more clarity. Perfect. Thank you, Luke. Yeah, I think a lot of us are in the same boat here. Cautious optimism. Hard not to become a little bit bearish, you know, after the weeks that we've had, especially as we're still floating around these key moving averages. So SPY has reclaimed uh, the 200 day and is sitting above it now. Um, It's coming back towards those levels. On Jan 21st, uh, where it first dropped through it, if it could push through the high of day from Jan 21st, which is like 448.3, uh, that would be really good. And it just broke through 445. So we're kind of moving up towards there. It's up uh, about 0.7 on the day. Um, I am seeing some stuff taking a small breather uh, and kind of from the top of the day, but not a lot. Things are moving. And LC is up. Look at that. It's trying to regain up that gap. Maybe uh, – Maybe it's time for me to go long on that after the short last week. 
MQ having a big day for the first time in a while. This is a stock that's gotten way beat down. And, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about some of these FinTwit stocks, but eventually I do I, I do agree that I think over the next, somewhere in the next few weeks, I think that there could be some reprieve. I'm just not sure that it is tomorrow. Uh, certainly today is a little bit of a move. Okay, Danny, what's going on? So Apple just wicked right into that level I mentioned, that 173.54 level, and we're getting an inverted hammer exactly where I expected it to be. So if you did take that trade or are in that trade, just be cautious right here. The one thing I would say when you're trading and you have a big open like this, a um, couple of things to, to keep in mind. If you're day trading, look at your lower time frame. I like to use the five minute, uh, write it around. 9.45 to 10.15, talking Eastern Standard Time, you get that half an hour kind of zone for a pullback. I like watching for pullbacks on the five minute for a strong stock to the eight EMA and for a slightly strong stock to the 21 EMA. If you get a pullback to the eight or the 21 around 10.15 to 10.30 and you get a bounce off of that moving average, that is a signal to go and, and take it long, not not long, you know, but for a day trade. Um, and then just use that that moving average that you took it off of as your stop loss. So that's what I'd be watching right now on Apple. Um, and same, looking similar for Datadog and uh, and NVIDIA. So, uh, so five minute, watch the eight EMA or especially the 21 EMA pullback. I personally love the 21 EMA pullbacks because when you get a bounce off of that, generally for a strong stock, it's going to ride that thing all day. And because we're getting a relief bounce, I don't remember who was talking about it. That's exactly what I'd be looking for for the rest of this week. Uh, definitely into Wednesday. And what I'm looking at from a, a wave perspective, we did get an ABC retracement to the downside, caught that 1618 bounce to the upside. But I still feel that this is not, this is just for me, this is a counter trend rally. We're still heading back down, in my opinion. So don't get caught up in going long here. You can. You could take trades overnight. You could take trade day trades here, but just be careful holding too long. Uh, scale out of your positions. Make sure you're taking profit along the way. Um, and what I'm basically doing is exactly what I did with, with Apple on Friday. I took a day trade, made a nice percentage, and I started to roll percentage gains off of that. So I'm just saying I'm playing with house money. So now I'm looking for my third roll on Apple and I'm happy if it continues to run this week and I, we hit 177, which is my target. I'm a happy, you know, I'm a happy clam. Um, and if it doesn't and, and I lose some money, all I've lost is house money. So that's basically how I'm playing this market right now. But I am thinking, yes, we do rally for a little bit, but I'm watching for weakness. And generally, when you see these counter trend rallies, you'll usually see it in a three wave move up. So you'll see your wave A, which will go up. You'll see your wave B pullback, which will look just like a normal pullback. You'll get a 50% retrace. Sometimes you'll get a 3.8 or I'm sorry, 0.382% retrace. And then you watch the bounce off of that. And that potentially could be your C wave. Now it could look one of two ways. It could look like an ABC retracement to the upside, or if you're bullish, it could look like a one, two and a wave three up. So the question is, are we going to ABC retrace or are we setting up for a five wave impulse move up? And that's obviously what we don't know yet. So that's where we have to be cautious. But there are going to be levels that I'll be watching on certain names that once they penetrate those names, I'll know we're in a wave three up versus an ABC correction. Awesome, Danny. Keep us in the loop on some of those and how they are moving. Appreciate you tuning in here. 
going to keep it rolling around. So we've now been out here for a full hour. Again, if you haven't already, amazing panel of speakers today, very knowledgeable in multiple areas. Uh, we've got fundamental and technical. We've got OTC up here, you know, growth, value. I feel like you got some value up here. Um, so a lot of different areas that are really good. All right, SoFlo, I'm going to go to you. And then I uh, might have to bump off to get Peter up here just because I'm out of speaker spots. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, make an important notice right now. Um, so the VIX is currently at a level. The VIX, is, by the way, is just the volatility index. Uh, I just use it as a tool to kind of measure uh, potential direction for the market. But it is um, at the level that it was trading at on the 26th of Jan. And I do want to note that when SPY was at the 26th of January, uh, we did see a flush to the downside. Uh, yes, we did have a different catalyst then. However, I, I am just a little skeptical of this level. Uh, and I do think if we start seeing a bounce at that at these lows of the VIX, uh, we could potentially see that, you know, market rejection soon. However, if we do see the VIX break below this 26.85 level, uh, we can see a little more juice in this rally uh, before we ultimately reject. That's just my personal opinion. I did just want to note that it is at a very uh, interesting level at the moment. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, so I may have to move uh, yourself down to the crowd, if that's okay, to bring up Peter Toffman, who was a scheduled yeah, speaker. Yeah. Let me, I'll go ahead. Let me just but, uh, myself Peter out. just dropped out for a second. So whenever he gets back in. Okay. Make sure you're checking out SoFlow. I've really been enjoying the stuff that he's been doing. Um, he's been given a lot of really good plays. Um, get great follow. You can you can just type in SoFlo, and you will see him SoFlo trading. Okay, uh, let's keep it rolling up here. We're gonna get Peter in here, and we will do some macro stuff. Evan, anything else you want to touch on first? Um, nothing specific. I, I've been getting a lot of notifications that stocks are are up five percent, so that's been nice. I saw Bob across my screen, AMD crossed it as well. Uh, if we want to talk about any of those, I'm working on a fantastic meme, in my opinion, right now. And nothing specific. I'm excited to get into this macro stuff Stuff we have Peter on in a second. But yeah, nothing specific. Maybe if we want to talk about Baba, we haven't talked about any of those. And I would love to maybe actually, I, I know earnings tends to be a wash and whatever with it. But I would love to, the fact that me and you are on opposite sides of Penn this week, uh, I would love to hear some opinions on Penn National for this week. Yeah, Matt, definitely run Penn National for us. Uh, would okay. be great. Let me take a look at it really quick. Uh, we can talk a little. Yeah, uh, let's do that first, then we can go into some earnings. I'm also looking at some of the flow plays that are coming in. Looks like there was a lot of flow that came in on SE yeah, on, uh, I on just, Friday. I just ran SE, by the way. Let me let me give you some numbers on that before we talk about PIN, because I've got that fresh. Um, SE had a 143 hedge pressure and a 150 point five or 150.3 was my top so a break of this uh let me give me really quick so se i'll post the chart up in a second and link it to the space uh 142 and a half was a clean break into bull territory on c and there is there is no resistance at all um above that 155 is that kind of monthly level so if we continue to break today 155 is an upper limit uh, we do have a kind of like an Ill illiquidity pocket where markets are going to find sellers, right? This like 150 point, 
two, three level. Um, so essentially where that first pivot was is that first resistance. But um, it's a very wide range. It was I was very curious to see. Um, and if it does go to 155 today, that would be a real that would be a, a monstrously large move from the open. We started probably about like 136 and we're at 146. It can almost probably go there. Um, all signs are there if the market continues to squeeze. So that's a really nice play. I, I don't know whoever was talking about that earlier, but um, on the monthly side, um, 155 is also resistance. So it's it's almost like a clean break to there. Um, so I like that one a lot. That's one that we one of the first ones we looked at this morning in our group. So um, let's get Penn really quick. So I haven't I haven't looked at that one yet, but let's uh, pull her up here. So just FYI, the S&P's kind of hit its first resistance. I think that this is going to be the limit for today's move on the S&P. So this is kind of like our target to watch it go to, this 44.60 level. But if we do get a clean break of this, there's another 40 points in the S&P, which is awesome, um, until the next resistance. So we might actually get another bump up. I'm not going to bet that we are, so I'm kind of just on the sidelines now. But um, well, I've got Penn going here. Um, Penn is kind of opening in this mean reverting state between 35 and wait sorry uh no no i'm sorry sorry i'm looking at the wrong one let me one second pen is yeah between 43 and 44 and the fact that we had a 44 break everything's really nice and bullish at 44.50 so uh pen has a run from 44 to 47 and a half if it does take a break if it does break out today all things look good uh 43 is bear territory clean break i'm talking the distribution this is when i say one of my tricks is when i say the market's clean we can actually look for distribution of market maker risk and normally it's been choppy you have like puts and calls all mixed together today is the first day in almost a month we've seen a clean clean sweep so like i mean sorry clean setup and so 44 is cleanly bullish on that 43 is cleanly bearish as far as active positions go so the market's starting to actually smooth out which is nice to see um, whether it smooths out and becomes bearish or bullish, we'll have to, you know, time will tell. But at least today, everything is looking pretty okay there. Um, our hedge pressure level that you always look at, we always share with you guys, and Gav is 44 and a half. So it's sitting there right now. It tried to break right at the open. Um, anything below 43 jumps back to bear territory. Anything above 44 stays in bull territory. So upper limit 47 and a half for these monthly levels. So that's probably something that might take a couple of days to achieve. But I think for here to there is about a 6% run. So it's pretty doable, I'd say, um, as long as the market stays good. And we're actually getting another bump up right now in the S&P. Um, so it might start lifting this. But yeah, anything back below 43, I think that turns back around. And there's really no uh, limit to the downside either. So that's a pretty clean, like I said, 43 and 44 is like a clean break for this one. I think it looks really good for me, Evan, to the downside. Everything's up 5 10% today. And Penn yeah. made it two percent up, and it's crashing back down. Yeah, it's up point two five. If you lose forty four and a half, which looks like it just did, um, then it's then it's gonna um, not really get any steam to go. If you break through hedge pressure and it doesn't blast, it's probably gonna turn around. This is actually what I told people yeah. yesterday on the call. I said if it goes up in the morning on Monday, grab your puts then, because that's probably uh, the green it's gonna see. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see. As we're talking, it's actually starting to do what you said. <laughs> it's falling through. Uh, it's about 44.2. So, yeah, if it turns around and goes through 43, like I say, it's a clean break either way. So that kind of reverting liquidity pocket, 43.5 is it. 
So you fall through 43, then that thing's going to reverse and, and essentially fall with no boundary either, which is kind of the neat thing about some of the markets being, when I say they smooth out, the distribution of risk is smooth. So, I mean, it's almost like unquestionable. You have a clear bull side at 44 and a clear bear side at 43. Um, and I'll post that chart in just a second. But I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think I think it doesn't look strong on the break when everything else today does look strong. It's a very good observation, Kyle. Perfect. Thank you. Juicy, what's going on? What are you trading today? Hey, man. Uh, again, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, coming into the week, I was we were pretty bullish on here in SPY. We did snack calls on Friday, so I, I am still long the 450s for Feb 18th. Pretty much up about 46% on those. Right at open uh, from the weekend update that we called out, Tesla got the buff trigger, so I took that on the five-minute orb in and out, took about 60% on that. Uh, the video was called out. I didn't take that. I'm still currently holding Microsoft, and I'm, I caught Oxy on the dip. We hit my low side trigger at 36.57, but looking at the higher time frames, I didn't believe it. Um, and then we reversed on the five, so I got back into Oxy around 37.50 uh, off the 38 call, so I'm up about 15% on those. And that's pretty much it, man. I, I want to ride this um, Microsoft up, but we're pulling back here. I've already scaled out at about uh, 26% on, on the uh, trades. I have all weeklies, by the way. And the only reason I didn't open time on uh, OXY is because you have XOM reporting earnings, and if they miss, they're probably going to sell OXY. So I don't really want to have um, too much exposure on that end. So, I mean, so far, so well. Um, and I'm just hanging out and holding on to my positions right now. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Okay. Keeping an eye on some of those. A little bit of uh, gas over there. Um I see also more dark bull stuff coming in. Vegas, you mentioned to me that you were very focused on the dark bull today. Is there anything specific that you want to share? She's probably, she, she probably in her um, in her little voice chat in her room. Yeah, so, yeah no worries. What's I mean, with you, yeah. Stack? Do you make any trades? So, oh, no, I'm just watching Spy, but I am, um, since you shifted to the OTC, I was, I just started looking at my scanners in the OTC and just watching the volume there. There's not much volume, but... Um, Gergavin's two of Gergavin's favorite uh, stocks, uh, GBTC, has been keeping a, a pretty good steady amount of volume, even if it's in the other direction. Uh, and uh, that's what's Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Um, it's, it's hitting a level of support and uh, potentially could bounce further um, back into the upward direction if Bitcoin recovers. So uh, I'm looking at that for maybe a long term. But that's it right now on the OTC. OTC is kind of dry in volume. Okay. Keep it in mind. <laughs> Gerg's favorite stock has uh, successfully filled the gap downwards. AMZ? Yes, exactly. It, uh, it's filled its gap down towards that 15 and a half level. Or we kind of saw it on May 17th. I guess it could come down to. 12. It was as soon as you said that, it took a big dump. Do you see that? Uh, let me see. Is it jumping right now? It's <laughs> did up you like, jump yeah. it? <laughs> AMC. Look at look at the candle. Oh yeah, it did just drop. I finally you, said that. You still got you, you still holding your shares, Greg? Yeah, I bought it seventy two bucks, so I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, listen. At this point, he can't get out. Um, it crashed the economy. I think Peter's coming. Uh, by the way, Evan. Uh, so I saw Peter pop in. Um, that's why I asked SoFlo, who was great up here and was giving out some really good plays um, to go down just because we're rotating speakers. But um, I think Peter's coming back to DM with him just to see. So 
We'll see if he yeah, pops well, back in. Everything yeah. took a dump at the same time. Do you go see that? I yeah. I mean, it's the it's the classic, right? The ten thirty sell. Yeah. Everybody, everybody pumps up their bags. They hit 30, 40, 50 percent on their options, mm-hmm. and now they're out. Exactly um, at ten thirty too. I mean, yep. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, all of these packs, all of these meme names, all the indexes too. Apple. Afternoon action always tells the real story. Yeah, so something I do is, um, and it's a little tip, every 30 minutes that hour candle opens. When that hour candle opens, if that thing flips red, uh, you should be looking to get out of any opening positions. That hour candle is going to dictate pretty much what we're going to do. Uh, for that next hour. So that thing's nice and green and you got a green position, like even if you get a little bit of shake on the lower time frames, I'm holding. But as soon as that thing pops up on that thirty minute and it gaps red, man, I'm I'm hitting the sell button. Yeah, would you would you look at that, Evan? In a sea of green, Penn National Gaming is red. That's a good that's a good start to, to You know, I'm just excited though that everything is gonna be pointing in one direction. It's all gonna be lining up so perfectly. And then, boom, earnings goes the exact opposite way because that's what's happening. And uh, we eke out a 2% whatever gain. Uh, we both lose, but I end up getting to say, hey, ha, ha, I beat you. Well, earnings tell the story. If you look at the historical data, even when you have monetary policy pressures and macroeconomic pressures, if you get consistent beats by big enough players, um, they can carry the market. And, you know, we, we might be able to see that. We saw that, you know, Microsoft and Apple holding up was a big deal for the market. That Those two stocks are weighted heavily in every index. And so if you continue to see big beats by 50 billion plus dollar companies, um, that's enough to hold up the market, to be honest, because all you need is to draw in buyers. And think about how many buyers were flushed out over the last eight months, whether it's for rotational purposes, whether it's for interest rate hedging, whether it's for tax harvesting whether it's for just pure fear of risk-off sentiment. There's a number of people that have rotated capital out of the markets. And when you think about it from an institutional standpoint, that money has to be redeployed. Institutions don't do what retail always says. They don't sit on their hands. They do sometimes, but they're not going to do it year-round. So they have to find a gap this year to deploy capital. With the NASDAQ down 17% last week, S&P down over 10%, Maybe they're putting a little bit of capital down today, right? So you have to keep that in mind as well. Think of the money on the sidelines too. You know, not enough people consider that. Like, think about how much capital is on the sidelines, despite the, you know, monetary policy headwinds we have. That money has to be deployed in some fashion. And if the short side gets too crowded, then funds aren't going to overpay for premiums on the short side and overpay for borrow fees on the short side, just to hammer a point you know if there's value to be found then people will be buyers and the more and more some of these stocks go down the more compelling they are and if they get earnings beats on top of that then you know it is what it is like look at netflix all it took on netflix to completely change the sentiment people were already talking about like haha take netflix out of fang like after one earnings report people were saying that and then you know bill ackman goes and buys you know, a billion dollars worth of shares and now everybody wants to own the stock. So it's that easy to flip sentiment. It just takes one big institutional buyer to completely renew confidence in a stock. So I think that's one risk that bears are kind of overlooking. Yeah, and I guess in addition with that, you know, people don't pay as much attention to it, but the insider investing as well, like Netflix CEO went and bought $20 million of their stock when it when it dropped, right? Like seeing that... You know, in contrast to some of our other favorite CEOs who we've seen some selling from, 
uh, you know, the Netflix deal went in and now he's up over 7% already, you know, on that uh, $20 million stock that he added. So I, th- I agree with you. It definitely, sentiment can switch fast, especially when there's buyers coming in. Speaking of buyers coming in, what do you think is going on with Robinhood uh, stock talk up? What is it like 22% from the lows after that earnings report? And, you know, Kathy Woods has been a big buyer. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's so much faith in the business that's drawing buyers to this. I think it's just potentially the the market value of the business, considering that they do have, you know, despite losing 1.6 million users in a quarter, they still have 16 million active users, um, you know, and so there's still value to the platform. You know, just from my perspective, it's just managed terribly, CEOs terrible, uh, the execution is terrible. The, the the PR is terrible. So there's not a lot to like from my side, in my opinion, about the company. But I think you saw buyers come in at that $10 level because it it is coming to the point where, you know, just off assets and user base alone, it's worth something, right? And so the question becomes, does, you know, one of these big banks who doesn't really have a proper digital brokerage arm, a proper commission-free digital brokerage arm to appeal to retail, especially, you know, do one of them step in and buy Robinhood for 15 or 20 billion, right? That would be at a premium to the current price. So I think some of this is speculative interest in the potential for an acquisition. Um, but also, I mean, it, it, they still have possession potential to turn this business around. I think if they have a complete overhaul in management, maybe that could happen. But um, I under, I can understand the, the the buyers here. I can see what they're looking for for sure. Interesting. Do you think that there could be an acquisition? I wouldn't be surprised at all at this price. I mean, it's trading at what an eleven billion cap now. You know, there the, there are banks that could pull it off if they need it. You know, the question is is you know would they rebrand the entire platform? Would they? just integrated into their existing, you know, solutions. I don't know. Um, but I mean, if I was a big financial player, you know, worth a hundred billion plus, or even a, even a payment processing player, like there's some synergy there too. So, you know, I think there's a lot of FinTech companies that are bigger that could consider it at this stage because, you know, granted Robinhood was the first digital commission free brokerage. So, you know, they're a first mover in some respects, um, I think their UI is still better than a lot of brokerages. It's just that they don't have any technical detail. They don't have, you know, the ability to chart. They don't have all of these key missing features. So somebody buys them, adds some key features they're missing. Um, you know, I think there'd be less dependence for the business to rely on payment for order flow in order to survive, which would theoretically make it more valuable if it wasn't so dependent on that one stream of revenue. So, yeah, I think there's value if you're a fintech, a larger fintech player, and you're looking um, to get exposure to the digital brokerage space. I think that, you know, there's value in Robinhood for sure. Again, I don't like the company, and I won't be a buyer, but I can understand what buyers are thinking here. Yeah, their charting is very limited. Um, they do have they do have very very basic charting on um, on desktop, but yeah, I agreed with you. It certainly has a ways to go. Um, but absolutely, their UI is killer, um, especially for a mobile UI. Uh, they just kind of blow everyone out of the water. It's a little sad that they, I, I don't know, are just like not taking some of the ideas that they see elsewhere. I completely agree with you. So, yeah. yeah I'm, aston- I'm astonished that other brokerages have not picked up on like the cleanliness of their UI, you know, and the simplicity of it. Because like even the best brokerages, like they're almost unnecessarily cluttered, almost like they're trying to clutter 
the UI to create some kind of image that it's like a more professional platform. The, the, the excuse that like a more professional trading platform should have more cluttered and less intuitive AI is so stupid to me. Um, but apparently every single, you know, IBKR, even Thinkorswim, TD, like all of these things, they're just unne- all the platforms are unnecessarily cluttered, in my opinion. Um, even Weeble included to some degree. So I think there's a lot to take from the UI perspective, but that's about all I'll give them is the UI. Yeah, exactly. The UI and then, you know, their growth strategy as well. I would say some of the, the marketing and some of the stuff that they've done there has been pretty successful. But with this, right, they might be able to, like, I think Fidelity might buy them at five or six billion, but at 12 billion, the number of buyers that potentially might place a bid goes down substantially. Like, for me, right, I was hoping for the stock to tank after earnings so I can buy the dev on five or six bucks, but at 12 bucks, it might be a high price for a buyout. But if this goes to five bucks, I would like to buy a big chunk. Just for a potential buyout, nothing else. Yeah, totally hear you on that. Okay, let's see what's going on in the market. And in fact, before we dive a little bit deeper into the market, looking at a couple of things here, just want to remind everybody of the way to find all of our spaces. Uh, pretty, pretty simple way. So right now, um, I put out a pin tweet every Sunday and you can go into my bio and you can check it out. We have 19 spaces outlined there. Just as a taste of what we're covering, we're going to be having multiple NFT spaces, multiple live stock trading spaces, fundamental analysis, technical analysis, you know, long-term investing. We're going to have a stock story space with Brian Feroldi, grow stocks with Jonah Lupton, uh, you know, diversified financial literacy, all female trading spaces, live option trading in the mornings, and all different types of stuff like that hosted uh, from my account, the Bull Strippers account, which is up here in Stock Market News, uh, a little bit of Stock Stock Weekly anchor Gavin, that will be in there. All these speakers that you see up here will be coming in on different spaces, but that's a lot of spaces. We make it a lot easier to find all of them. And if you've been in our spaces, you've probably heard of our free Google calendar. Highly recommend if you have not already joined us today in this space. Essentially, we have 3,000 plus people that have joined our free public Google calendar. On this calendar, I upload all spaces, times, people that will be speaking, and once the space is done, I take the recording and drop it into this. And the best way to get on it is right now, my DMs are open. Click into my profile, click on my DMs. You'll see you can DM me even if I don't follow you, as well as Stock Market News, my co-host. Just shoot us over a Gmail. That is all we need. Preferably a Gmail. It does work with other emails. And again, tons of people are using this. We know it works every single day. People are saying this is like the way that they are finding spaces. Stop having to come and spend, you know, tons of time trying to find the spaces or just randomly, you know, join in, know when spaces are happening, add this all to your personal calendar, just shoot me over right now your uh, your Gmail and we will get you on there within 24 hours. Uh, make life easy. Join, again, thousands of people using this, hedge managers, CEOs, people who work at Twitter are using it, people who work at, you know, giant crypto companies, verified people, people with millions of followers. Join up with us and we will get you on here so you do not miss any of these key spaces, especially because it's a super diversified week. And then with that being said, I see some people are checking out that pin tweet right now. Any likes, retweets, all that type of stuff on my pin tweet so we can get more people into these spaces, hugely helpful. I don't ask people to really retweet anything besides uh, that pin tweet each week. That's how we can get more people into here. And thank you to the people who have already shot me over their uh, DMs. I see some coming in. We'll get you on there ASAP. Evan, is there anything you want to add to that? 
No, dude, that was pretty perfect. We're always looking to improve this thing. So far, we have added recordings. So we, after the spaces go on the week, you can go back in and click in and see the recordings of the space and listen in. Uh, we're looking to improve more. Maybe we get a, a YouTube channel. Maybe we do some other cool stuff in there so you can always see it. But we are looking to improve this. It's already an amazing, amazing product, free product um, that you must be on if you enjoy spaces, which obviously we have over 500 people, 558 people in here right now. So uh, I know a bunch of you will enjoy and get value from this product. And the truth of it is a vast majority of you are probably already on it. So I'll keep this brief. Uh, make sure you're checking out all of our speakers up here. Really great, top quality people. Click into their profiles. Check out what they're doing. Give them a follow. Uh, I say this a, a bunch now as well, but it's really easy to unfollow these people. But you're not going to. They have such amazing content. But the follow button for, is free, and the unfollow button is easy to hit. So there is no nothing stopping you and nothing that should be stopping you from clicking into everyone's profile. Give them a follow that's up here. Uh, and, yeah, big shout-out to everyone. Thank you for joining in, and back to you, Gal. Perfect. So let's take a look. Uh, the cues are not really giving up too much. Uh, they're trying to... Tesla's strength is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that? Oh, no. I mean, that was, that was it. Not a, not a complicated comment. I didn't mean to interrupt okay. you. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, I'm looking at the five minute on the cues. We're trending sideways for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bars here. Pretty much in a row we have had... Um, not really inside bars necessarily, but they're all kind of staying within a range right here, building up a little bit of volume, uh, about $7 million of volume right here. Um, at the current levels, this 357 level. Um, so I'm not seeing, you know, a ton of a break one way or the other again on the queues, um, but would be nice to see it, you know, continue to hold that and then come up ideally towards 361 as its next level. SPY, SPY, currently at 444. So it gave up that 445 level. Um, agreed with what I think it was Jaw or SoFlo said earlier, where we did have that level where it kind of tapped it back on the 26, uh, which may have been FOMC. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, something around there. But uh, basically, it kind of tapped that level again and is slightly pulled back. So it would be nice to see it continue to hold that. Let's keep rolling, see what people are investing in, see if there's more opportunity here. Um, if you have already placed a buy or sell, or something like that. Um, again, I have a tweet out. Would love to hear what you've been buying and selling. I've been looking at that for inspiration on stuff to be discussing and throwing out up here. I will pin that to the top of the space again so you can check that out. Um, also put out just a few tweets about just like, you know, just put out a tweet about Netflix, uh, about City upgrading them to buy from neutral, kind of following up on what we were talking about with the CEO purchasing and Danny coming to you. Cool deal. Uh, I mentioned Tesla. Taking a look, uh, did call a wave C bottom at $800 last week. We basically hit that uh, on the nail. And now what I'm looking at as far as a wave structure to the upside, we have a one-two setup. Wave one hitting 852, very, very close to, to that level. Wave two pullback, 50% retrace. Wave three, we saw that gap up this morning. So that's a wave three. We are very, very clean here. Uh, I have a 1618 extension on Tesla to 92067 with a 200% extension at 94578. I think we're probably going to have an extended three. I would say closer to 950. That brings us to our down, uh, down channel. I think we'll see some resistance off of that. We'll put in a triangle wave four. And then I think wave five takes us to about 1,000, between 1,000 and 1,059. I think that's going to be the key level I'm going to be watching. If we could break over... 
1059, then I think Tesla really can start moving. Perfect. Looking at that 1059 level. Um, so, I haven't seen Peter in here for a bit, and I messaged him, but he hasn't answered. So I did invite you back up if you want to just be up here in the meantime, in case there's any uh, specific plays that you want to try. Yeah, Tesla trading at 911 right now, uh, pretty much on the dot, 911.29. Uh, so keeping an eye on that, yeah, and those key levels that Danny just gave us with some other areas, as well as looking at the strength in Apple, it's continuing ARKK still up 5.7%. So we're seeing a slight pullback here, but nothing too crazy. Uh, you know, on the strength that we're seeing today, we've heard that there's been pretty good volume, um, which is always nice to be having. Uh, let's take a look at more of the flow. So again, we had that SE flow. That came in on the 28th. GT flow, I see on the 27th. And CCL flow on the 27th. I don't think CCL is having the best day today. Last I checked. Okay, it actually came back from the depth. So sometimes it does really pay to, to follow that flow. If anybody was looking, CCL, if you go to this morning right at market open, um, there was some flow that came in, swept in $50,000 of its 19 and a half call. And then they followed up with another 26000 right afterwards. Um, that came in and it did come back kind of from those depths. So they bought those when it was down 3.48 is now up 1%. Okay. All right. Uh, I have to make with, the, uh, with that, right? CCL was done for the wrong reason. People thought they had a new offering, but that was just an extension of the old offering they had for half a billion. So people misread the market. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Always giving people react to the wrong news. Um, creates opportunity okay i saw peter up here for a second and then he got booted back down that's why i brought him back up i saw oh it looks like luke had to hop too so i can probably get soflo back up here also um just kind of balancing act right now let's just get so some more i have speakers. to hop too um gov i'll be back for power hour i gotta go to the gym you know it's that time of the day <laughs> yeah of course awesome well doll great having you on if anybody's not following doll Oh, wow, your followers are cruising, 13.6. We love to see it. Oh, uh, she's she's running the OTC club. She'll be on NFT spaces with me, crypto spaces with me this week. Make sure you're checking her out. That's right. All right, see you guys. See you, doll. Okay, let's roll into Mac, or we got Peter up here. Peter, what's going on? Hey, guys, what's up? What's up? Sorry, I got a delay coming in here. I've been showing around two young Israeli ladies who are launching their own NFT. I'll tell that to you about it later. You know what, guys? The market's just fascinating to me. You know, obviously, we talked um, a number of times last week, and I guess I spoke with you guys, some of this community, on Friday afternoon after what, in my opinion, was the most volatile market in history. I think last week, you know, the reversals, and I know I talked about with Evan and Wolf, uh, Friday afternoon, juicy, nice to see you, and bullish. Uh, you know, guys, I, I think the market is still reeling from some of the pain and the gain of last week. The reversals were amazing. I'm still trying to analyze. I mean, we just saw it again this morning, right? Market was down 10 handles, went flat on the opening, rallied up four or five, uh, 50 handles on the, on the S&P. I'm not really sure if, you know, I, it, it appears we should be getting used to huge reversals, huge rallies. I mean, four or 500 points in the S&P 500 is, uh, seems like the new norm. And that that's as wonderful as it is in a way. I'm just trying to really figure out it just kind of feels like, you know, the buyers come in, there's momentum on that side. And then when they're done buying, the sellers come in. I'm fascinated by it. I'm still trying to really figure out, you know, who's doing what to whom, right? If we go back to last Monday, guys, 
And, you know, at 11.30, there was blood in the streets. Dow was down 1,200, S&P down 176 handles. And then at 12.25, we started the ascent to the moon. We closed up with a reversal of 186 points. That's 1,800-point move in the S&P. Closed out today up 13 handles and up 100 on the Dow. We saw a similar reversal on a little tamper down, but still over a 1,000-point reversal on Tuesday. Obviously, we saw Wednesday the um, – the Federal Reserve come out with, the, you know, whatever they come out with at two o'clock, which shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody. Market did rally a thousand points. And then on the narrative of of Jay Powell, the rest of the afternoon, he sort of talked his way into a bear market single handedly. Right. As we reversed that thousand point rally at two o'clock and closed down significantly. And we saw Thursday and then we saw Friday once again, two o'clock market. You know, I posted out, I ended up, you know, with my customer base, got long the spiders at two o'clock on a trade that is just my closing market trade. And, you know, over the next 18 minutes, I just watched, uh, you know, everything that uh, is good to me just turned to shit, excuse my language. And then there was once again, this massive reversal into the close on Friday. So, you know, I mean, what what's what's going on? I would love to listen to some of your you know, people who are way brighter than me. I'm more of a forensic broker. Is it the retail guys? I know we know there was a lot of word on Monday. You know, there was a big margin call. I had people contacting me saying, you know what? I had margin calls on my crypto and I'm not selling my crypto. I'm selling my old TD Ameritrade investment account so that I don't have to bail on my crypto. I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of madness on that front. I would never sell my re, my whole investment portfolio to hold on to crypto. Crypto's going to be up. It's going to be down. You know, if you miss a few thousand points here and there, it's not that big a deal. But are we seeing the retailers who have never seen a market like this get nervous and bail when they're suddenly their, you know, their portfolios are turning winning days into losing days and they're being forced to sell? Is it smart money, uh, institutional buying, you know, people who have experience in this kind of a market, you know, sitting around with a shopping list? You know, they don't like Tesla at 1200, but they surely love it at 860. You know, are they trading the uh, apples of the world? I know you guys, um, you know, you did it over the weekend. You did it Friday afternoon. You guys are, you know, are, are stock pickers. I'm not a stock picker. I'm more of a forensic analyst of the overall marketplace. But I know a lot of you guys, are, you know, will like a story, you know. And the funny part is a lot of the stories have changed. A lot of the stories haven't. You know, when a when a whole sector gets pulled down by one name because they missed on earnings or whatnot, you know, it's a time to really, you know, step up. And if you like if you like the story for the long term, you you buy it at a discount. Right. I mean, this is uh, the stocks are trading at a discount right now. So I'm still have not really figured out who's selling, who's buying. You know, I'm not a, a conspiracy theorist, you know, that the big guys I got caught, I got hit up this morning, you know, by a group of young retail traders who said, you know, the big whales are, are, are like, you know, dragging the market down until we all get stopped. Us young guys are getting stopped out. And then they sort of just grab the stuff and take it up higher. Uh, that's not a battle I choose to fight. It's not a story I want to, you know, look, I want you all. I want everyone to be successful trading this market. You know, we are we are not whales. I am not a whale. Uh, I, I'm fascinated to see who's selling, who's buying. I don't waste time trying to figure out chatter that doesn't serve me, right? You know, my primary purpose is to share my experience and strength and knowledge of the markets with you guys. I'm not here to start worrying about who's screwing who and, 
you know, and, 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 you know, the big guys trying to hurt the little guy and all that stuff. That doesn't serve me. I'm never going to figure out that story, you know, and it's, it doesn't really help me become a profitable trader. You know, this is a time really to hunker down. You know, you know, guys, my, 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 one of my great missions and stories is to teach technical analysis and risk management. You know, if, if there's nothing else in the last four weeks of trading this market has taught me is that technical analysis is your only defense, risk management, every order you have. Every time you get into a trade, you got to have a plan, right? You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a stop order on every trade if you're a trader. I'm not talking about investing, right? Never average into a bad, into a bad position, you know, because you can be wrong. In the old days, you would be wrong for a dollar. Now you can be wrong for $10. The market can go down way more and longer than your portfolio can, can, can sustain it. If you're long something and you're wrong, right, guys? And so I don't want that for you. And I never want people trading on FOMO. If you're in a stock and you put a stop order in down 10% and it goes against you for whatever reason, for a story way bigger than you and me, get out, move on, get back in the stock later when it double bottoms or something. But there's no point in holding on to a bad position and buying more down $3 and buying more down $8. You know, I've seen more people blow up their trading accounts with that posture. So what's happening today? We show the market rally. We're starting to roll over. It's doing the bob and weave. It's doing a little bit of the kangaroo act. You know, it's not a matter of where the market opens, it's where it closes. I don't think the market, I think people are still reeling from last week. You know, there's clearly some fear going on. Um, some stocks are way, have gotten hurt way more than others. So I'm, I'm still trying to, I'm humbled by this market, guys. I really am. In a market that reverses the way last week reversed, and I promise you, I analyze markets. That was the most. That was a historic reversal volatile week that I've never seen in the 150 years I've been trading the market. Well, well, yeah, Peter, it's a little bit crazy to be living through this time. And I would say it's largely being caused by QE and other you know, macro factors. Would you agree with that? I absolutely do, buddy. But, but look, what, what is new on the table? The, the, the taper story and the QE story whether it's four raises, five, six, seven, whether we're listening to Jamie Diamond, Jamie Diamond or Jay Powell, this has been on the menu, Gab, for four months already, bro. Right? Why is it that we're suddenly, suddenly it's getting our, our, our attention? Right? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, this is, look, it's like going to your favorite restaurant and seeing something that's been actually in the waiter says, you know what? We, we put that out in, 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 in October. Uh, it's curious you never something you love. I mean, this is sort of what I, I offer up is that maybe we're in the midst of a bit of a perfect storm. Maybe the time frame is getting closer. That's why it's getting our attention. Are there more moving parts in this? You know, some people say it was catalyzed by the geopolitical stuff. I don't believe that. I don't think geopolitical stuff has any really impact on markets long term. We know, we know it's clear that the volatility and the negativity in the market, the taper, the fast track to the taper, six or seven interest rate raises next year is definitely a bearish indicator. Yet, this is nothing new. We've known this was going to happen for months now. Why is it I'm fascinated why we're really suddenly getting hyper-focused on it? I, I believe it's legitimate that we are. And it's gotten my attention, so I'm paying attention. But, you know, what's going on now in January when we really have fresh money coming into the market? Why is it suddenly that we are now reacting to it? Yeah, I think one of the points that was brought up earlier before you were on here was uh, potentially the wash sale period being over. 
has introduced a lot of money back into the market today as people pass that 30-day mark. Any thoughts on that? Sorry, Gav. Say it again. I missed it. Uh, a lot, one of the thoughts was with the wash sale period being over for people that were tax loss harvesting, having it been 30 days now, that they can get back in. That could be introducing a lot of money back into the market in specific you know, popular stocks. You know what? Look, I, I, think, I think they're way... Too, there are way too many moving parts than to attribute it to one thing. Let's think about it. So, you know, you've got somebody sold the market down on Monday, 176 handles in the spy. Is that a person of conviction? Is that putting on a major massive short trade? Is it some option, uh, 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 option layoff business? What was that? And then suddenly at 12.18, after that massive bloodbath at 11.30, suddenly somebody decides to buy it back up 1,200 points and 180. I don't know. The huge outflows and inflows of money are a way bigger story than, that, than, than the uh, tax harvesting of December, right? It's way bigger than, than all that, those stories. So, you know, I am not um, – I think it's really a matter of multiple moving parts, you know, it's just fascinating to me. These are major moves, Gab. We've sort of become jaded by a 1,200-point move or a 2,000-point reversal. But we have to understand these are trillions of dollars coming into the market, going out of the market, right? Somebody's doing it. Somebody's buying it. Somebody's selling it. It's much more than, than you know, some new money coming into the market in January. Some people making a, 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 a bearish bet on the fact that the Federal Reserve is going to uh, raise interest rates seven times. That's significant. That's definitely worth getting our attention. And I would think that's more of a bearish, sentiment, a bearish indicator than not. But just think about the reversals, Gab. We're not in a bearish market. We are in a market that is reversing thousands of points intraday. That means that huge outflows are coming in for two hours and then massive inflows are coming in for four hours. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's a, it's a little bit of a crazy scenario. Stock talk. Do you want to weigh in on the macro picture at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we're in a situation where you know, I think the broader market has been aware of the the policy headwinds in terms of monetary policy for a while now. I mean, everyone was anticipating, you know, the tapering to begin uh, when it did in that November meeting, and everyone was expecting it to end around March, which it will. And, you know, from there, the, the typical thing, at least and, you know, when I'm speaking about this, I'm speaking about, you know, what the institutional money knows, like what the fun money knows. And, you know, for as far as retail goes, there's different levels of ignorance. Some retail traders have no idea what's going on macroeconomically. Some have a very good idea. And so I'm not bashing retail traders, but I'm saying when you're talking about the smart money, they've, they've already been rotating um, according to the interest rate hikes well in advance, right? They've already put on interest rate hedges. They've already been hedging, rotating their portfolio into defensive names, names that they think will benefit off interest rate hikes. So they're already ahead of the ball. They always are. That's why the market market is forward looking because people anticipate events and then react to the events before they happen, right? Because timing it perfectly is impossible. And so smart money knows that. And so in, they'll just rotate in advance. And so the question becomes is when is that rotation going to be over, which will then allow all the money on the sidelines or all the money in hedges to be converted into longs? We've already seen that starting to happen last week, right? I mean, Bill Ackman sold $1.2 billion worth of hedges to go long on Netflix. Now, granted, that was a specific case. Netflix's stock was down substantially, and he saw a crazy opportunity. But the key about indiscriminate selling like this is, more and more institutions start to see those types of opportunities. 
where, you know, stocks get caught in a wave of indiscriminate selling or tank really hard on a maybe not so disappointing earnings report. And then, you know, eventually at a certain juncture, some institutions come in and go, look, this is actually a reasonable price. We want to own the stock. They come in. That catalyzes additional buyers. Then you get sympathy moves in the sector from other stocks. That's how these rallies start, right? So we saw the Apple move. We saw the Microsoft move. We saw, you know, the reversal on on Hood. That reversal on Hood where we got the po- we got the the after hours sell off on the report and then the stock got bought up and ended up going from red to plus 12% for the day um, uh, on the reversal the day after the earnings. Those kind of things are good signs for the market because it shows investor confidence in wanting to own actual equity in a company, not wanting to trade options, which is what so much of this market has been held up by. So you need to see big smart money buyers coming in and putting real substantial position sizes on equity on the long side. That's what creates reversals because you need that inflow of money. Retail can't create reversals on their own. They might be able to do it in a few small companies, but they won't be able to do it broadly. And so we'll see. You know, I think there's a chance after the first interest rate hike because we've had such a steep reaction. You know, NASDAQ fell 17% from the top. S&P fell almost 11% from the top. With these kind of drawbacks, is clearly anticipatory selling in reaction to monetary policy. So once that monetary policy triggers, we have a little bit more certainty with regard to the pace of tapering, uh, sorry, not tapering, with regard to the pace of interest rates, with regard to the number of interest rate hikes we're going to see. Once we have more certainty around that issue, I think you see some of the money on the sidelines. You know, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, uh, Credit Suisse, they have hundreds of billions of dollars on the sidelines um, that a lot of that they put into hedges. And so they're going to look to either convert those hedges into longs or deploy additional capital that's on the sidelines. When they do that, then you'll see a reversal. And I'm not sure that's just yet. But I think, you know, end of March might be a potential where we start seeing uh, that more consistently. But, I mean, it's anyone's guess. We'll see. Any thoughts on that, Peter? Um, I, I, I look, you know, I, I stock talk is so bright, and I just love listening to him. And, yes, that is a – that is one of the explanations, and I agree with him, that the retail traders are not the ones creating a market reversal. It is the smarter money, I would say, not smarter, but more experienced money, who are people sitting around with shopping lists that are trying to reposition themselves. I agree with him. I think that the rotation uh, started happening probably in November by the people running the big money. Uh, in anticipation of this story that I discussed was on the menu, you know, but clearly it, it, whether it caught people by surprise or it's suddenly being reactive now is a different thing. Uh, I think that the sell-offs are are, are creating wonderful buying opportunities for people who like the, like a lot of the stories and, and are disciplined investor, you know, that don't want to buy stocks that are long in the tooth and a bit on the frothy side that were basically, where they were because of the stimulus package over the last 18 months. Let's be clear, $3 trillion plus was in the, put into the market uh, March 2020, and then you're seeing $20 billion, $30 billion a month. You know, we have now, what, $9 trillion, uh, on the balance sheet of the federal government that they're going to be cutting down into $4 trillion. I mean, these numbers are astronomical, you know, and so are we going to see that thing unwound? And that could be some of the, uh, that could be some of the sell pressure. Um, but, you know, it's 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 uh, disciplined investors that are creating the the reversal. It's just, you know what, I, it's hard for me to, you know, to to really pinpoint it because I'm just fascinated. These are massive moves, guys. 
And I really think we, even people on the panel are, get a bit jaded about, you know, look, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of movies before, but I've never seen the movie I saw last week. I was on the floor. I was trading it. I was in the market. I was trading the spiders, right? And I went from, you know, getting long and wanting to just puke on myself, you know, losing, losing seven figures in 11 minutes to actually making seven figures in the next hour and a half. These are the P&Ls of some of these hedge funds. You know, I speak to them often, you know, to be trading 400 million or a billion dollars and watching the last four weeks has been, you know, a testament to, you know, insanity in so many different ways because the, the, the you know, the, I, I speak to risk managers and they're just going, Pete, you know, you don't need more, you don't want to be me. You know, I mean, I, I'm watching my P&L go up hundreds of millions of dollars second to second. So uh, that's a testament to the strength of, of discipline and mature traders. But um, I, I like what Stock Talks said. And, you know, that's one of the one of the scenarios. But there are lots of different scenarios that are contributing to these moves. I don't think we can really pinpoint who sold and who bought. Right. Obviously, there is the 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 the, the momentum people, they're the algorithms, they're the 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 uh, electronic trading. You know, they're the ones that go where the volume is and the ones that trade on the VWAP TWAP story. Um, but there are some major players, as he described with Bill Ackman, who are sitting around with a shopping list waiting for everybody else to start, you know, stop selling. And then they're going to start buying positions that they want for their portfolios for the long term. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well said. I think we've covered that area pretty nicely. Absolutely. There's a lot that's going on. So last thing I just want to hit on macro and then we can come in for, you know, a little bit more individual trading is peter is there anything on your calendar this week that you would want to point out to the average retail trader to make sure that they know about look guys we've got uh, obviously a lot of earnings coming out i still think that i'm more interested in watching how the market sort of navigates you know gets its footing right i still think the market is reeling off of uh, off of friday i mean obviously we've look if you look at the dow or you look at the spies you saw a little bit of a divergence. spies has been in the green most of the day the Dow sold off earlier in the morning. Obviously, we know the Dow's weighted down by a couple of different names. I'm not sure which ones are contributing to its early morning sell-off and its sort of flatline trading now. But the S&P 500, there was up 25 handles here this morning. Where are we at? Uh, yeah, up 23 and change. I'm just watching the market. I, I am really, I, you know, it's funny. Who was it? I think you were on a space yesterday or something, and everyone was sort of picking their stocks for the week. And I was just going to be a contrarian and say, I'll take the opposite side of every trade. Because, you know, it's like when you make plans, God sort of giggles. I, I think making a plan in this market right now is, is a little bit cringeworthy from my point of view. I want to see how today pans out. And then I'm really going to take this market a day at a time because I think anything can happen. You know, obviously, we've got the Ukraine story. And while I don't think that's going to have a major impact, it surely can catalyze some other things, whether it's trade in the VIX or the spies, you know, whether what, what's going on in Washington or what's going on with earnings or what. I don't I'm not sure what the catalyst is to watch this week. I'm just kind of watching the market a moment at a time. And specifically today, what are you watching for? Uh, I'm just going to watch how the market ends up, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's sort of fascinating to think, you know, if I have an, I, 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 any, you know me, I'm not an opinionist, right? And I don't trade things anticipatorily, whether it's the Fed, whether it's earnings, whether it's anything. So I was deeply humbled by the moves last week because there were so, ta so many times that I got suckered into, oh my God, this is, we're down 1,200 points. We're going lower. This is going to break through. It was that feeling I got on, you know, March 2020 
where, you know, Ackman was on TV and they were talking the story down and we went, we broke the seven point circuit, seven percent circuit breakers. I kind of thought that was going to happen. And then I got caught off guard and it reversed. And I had the same problem with my Friday trade. So I have, I, I'm not watching anything and I'm watching everything. Gap. I got to be honest. Perfect. Continue to keep an eye on all of that going on. Okay. Uh, we can keep going around for a few minutes and then we'll probably uh, move into some wrap up around 1120. So Jod, do you want to uh, just fill us in on the rest of your trade? Yeah, I know this Neo calls ran. Um, just swinging some spy 440 puts for about 10 days out. And at 11 a.m. I stopped trading until two. So I'm actually done now. Okay. Thank yep. you, sir. Uh, Danny? Anyone catch where Tesla reversed from? I mean, I only missed it by like 30 cents. I see it was right around that. Has it reversed yet, though, Danny, or is it just an intraday rejection? We'll see. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, I'm watching the 30-minute chart. 30-minute candle nailed my level basically to the penny, and now we have a spinning top, which to me, that's a reversal candle. We still have 17 minutes for that 30-minute candle to close, so... Um, yeah, I, I think we do reverse here. I think we pull back a little bit, maybe to 900, retest that 900 breakout, and, and maybe we retest uh, 920 towards the end of the day. Yeah, continuing to keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm looking, I see what you're talking about on the 30 minute. It did break through that 200 on the 30 minute, which is pretty nice. Um, so if it doesn't yeah. give that up, that could be a good level of support. Yeah, the only thing I'm watching, it's just extended off of its moving averages. So. I would like to see a little consolidation, maybe a flag forming here down to that 900 level, uh, 900 being a 618 retrace from a prior swing high, swing low. So, uh, yeah, I still really like it. I mean, I'm looking at this as a wave three. So if we see a wave four pullback, you know, wave five, I think we, we take that to about 980. Perfect. Okay. So, Flo, any updates from you? Yeah, some some great trades in the morning. Um but honestly, guys, I'm I'm waiting to short the Nasdaq. To be honest, um, I don't think we see 360. Uh, I think we uh, I think we reject soon. So I'm just being patient. I've been watching QQQ trade within this 357 to three 357 37 to the 359 range, um, and I don't think the bounce is sustainable, in my opinion. Uh, but we will see. Okay, interesting. Let's keep it running. Vegas, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm just, uh, sorry, my dog's barking, so I'm just going to, sorry about the noise. Um, no, I'm still watching uh, Apple. You know, Tesla to me still looks good. I mean, it's pulled back, but I like that it's holding that 900 for the swing position. Microsoft, I want to see it get back over 310, so that's still a, a swing as well. So just watching uh, the levels play out. And waiting for IWM looks really strong, looking for a high day break. And still waiting to see if QQQ can break 360 as well. Okay. Keeping our eyes on those. Sounds like a lot of people looking at Tesla, QQQ, Apple, Spy. A lot of the classics are getting drawn to. It's certainly where a lot of the volume is. Um, I'm looking at SARK down 6.62%. But I can't, unfortunately, buy it since Kramer's bullish on it. So we'll just keep looking elsewhere. Juicy, have you made any other moves? So I got out of my Microsoft long. I'm pretty much just holding um, an Oxy Lotto. I'm still holding my 450s. I'm, I'm up decent on these 450s on SPY, so I'm going to continue to hold. It looks like SPY right now. We're just uh, 
going inside on the higher time frames as the hour, bull flagging here on the five. We're just consolidating, right? We're trying to figure out where we're going to go. Until I get confirmation, we're going to reverse. I'm going to hold on to these 450s. Uh, but right now, I'm just just waiting on this day to play out, watching Netflix right now. Look, Netflix looks good above 420. Uh, nothing really major. We're just getting into the sideways part of the day. A uh, gentleman up here said he's going to wait till 2. That's pretty much what I'm going to be looking to do right now, just wait till 2. It's been a phenomenal day, phenomenal. Uh, I'm in no rush to trade, man. I'm already up on the week, so I'm just going to chillax until I get one of these breaks. Sounds good. Sounds good. Matt, have you made any moves? Uh, ever since I had that opening long, I cut out right at the footwall and spy. We had a neat little run um, up to – let me actually pull that chart up. I was making Tesla um, for everybody. One second. Yeah, and if you guys have charts, feel free to ask me or tweet me if you guys want. I'll, I love making charts. Um, so uh, the S&P had a liquidity pocket, 445 and a half. I took that long right out the door. And it walked right up to it. Uh, things look pretty nice and stable. Um, but the market, again, is losing a little momentum. I don't think we're going to sell off. I think everything's good. I haven't made any trades since this morning. Since I'm smarting, starting a new small account challenge, I like to demonstrate like one trade that I'm sure of. And I don't try to take any additional risks. And the part of my little challenge is to, to show how to grow an account. And so I always do them for fun. Um, so after I made that first long, I've kind of been sitting out because there's no... You typically you don't find multiple liquidity pockets. If the market gets a little bull squeeze like we did today, without a catalyst, it finds the next one. So 445 and a half is probably my limit high today for SPY. It's going to take two or three hours to probably crawl its way out of there. So we've been looking at like individual stocks and just looking at charts. So I just posted at Penn, the one we talked about earlier today. Um, you know, Penn has a very clean. If you guys want to follow along, I'll walk you guys through some of my little shorthand that we're talking about. So some of this stuff will make sense. There's that distribution of risk. You'll see like those green and red boxes. That's when I say risk is starting to look clean in the market. And we're seeing that across the board, a lot of stocks. So what happens is people start to agree on the price. Liquidity starts to come back and volatility starts to die. It doesn't mean it's bearish or bullish. So when people have taught you that volatility is the inverse of bullishness is partially wrong because volatility is volatility. It's the amount of it's the amount of move that the market takes when market makers need to find buyers or sellers. If they got to move it higher and move it lower to find buyers and sellers because they're scarce, the market's illiquid and volatile, whether it goes up or down. So in general sense, we do see volatile markets when markets sell off because it's the way they sell off that causes it to be volatile. It's the way IV works in a lot of the other Greeks. I'm barring you guys a very boring math lesson that's going to put you out of sleep. We'll, we'll skip ahead and just tell you the market's becoming non-volatile, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's becoming bullish or reversing yet. It just means it's becoming more predictable when reality stock market's unpredictable in general. It's saying less, let's say less unpredictable and saying, instead of saying more predictable. So the market's distributing risk nice and clean, which means we found some liquidity at the bottom. Great. Now we need to like chunk through earnings, right? And make sure markets, you know, can answer the question or people want to buy here or not. We don't know yet. Penn is a great example, as you see, 44 is all nice, clean bull positions for this Friday. Uh, 43 is nice, clean bear positions. And a lot of the stocks are distributed this way, which means the markets kind of have a little hands off as people that have sold have finished selling and uh, people that are short are now starting to cover, which is what we're seeing today. Um, so you can see a very clean distribution of risk. 44 is bull, 43 is bear. And you get that additional buy program and bump on what we call hedge pressure, which is a balance of um, hedging robots that are balancing delta and sold options 
you know, you see that this is a nice kind of cleanish bounce and you see Penn, for instance, is bouncing right there. Um, so markets are starting to kind of get some short squeeze that's powerful enough that's creating a little bit extra power. So most things are looking reversally today, like less bearish, I guess. And I wouldn't say things are turning bullish because they're not opening strictly in bull territory, but things are opening and pushing to bull territory, which is just showing how quickly people are getting out pre-earnings on a lot of these big mega caps. So market's looking pretty stable and non-volatile, but not in the clear yet. But if you have a ticker, if you guys have anything, Gav or any of the guys here want to run a ticker really quick, I can uh, throw one up while you got me on. But I, um, I'm, we'll I'm, go ahead. I was just say we'll see if any, anything comes up as we're going around. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay. Of course. Everybody should be checking out Matt. We're going to get Matt to fly past 6K this week. So if you're not already following, make sure you're following Matt. Criminally underfollowed. And I know we have a whole bunch of our followers that are in here that aren't following him. So check him out. Okay, Ja, what's up? No, um, that Neo call went 200%, but I sold it 60%. But I'm going to play the um, – I'm in the 23.5 puts now just because it's overextended. Okay, so you're in the 23.5 puts on weekly on Neos? Mm-hmm. Okay, what would you get those at? Point nine zero. I like it playing the upside and the downside. So twenty three point five. You said okay. I said point nine one right now. Yep. Very and if you did play, if you did play the calls, you could just use your profits for the puts. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. Very interesting. Love it. Okay. Um, with that, I think we're gonna roll around. Unless stock market news. Are you uh, on here? Are you available? I know you're off for a minute. Okay, I think yeah, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Is there anything else? Yeah, no, that you we wanna... can we can roll into wrap ups. Yeah, we can roll into wrap ups. I think we're going to talk more about earnings, perhaps in like Power Hour today. I know that we'll be live, so we can do more of a segment there. And I know that we also kind of talked through some of them today. Yeah, most yeah. of the earnings are coming up like Tuesday and Thursday, with a couple on Wednesday. Uh, today we just really got NXPI semiconductors coming after the bell. Let me double check if there's any other ones that people might care about. Smaller ones. Uh, Alexander Real Estate, Graco, AGNC. So nothing really big besides that that, that too many people are going to care about. Uh, a lot of the – Cirrus Logic is a is one that, you know, I've seen in and out. And I know got called out yesterday. I don't remember by who. But, yeah, most of the earnings are going to be tomorrow. So maybe we talk a little bit more. But, yeah, uh, I would like to get in the setup. We have another Spaces coming today at, at 3 p.m. Eastern, a power hour Spaces. Um, do you have any in between that as well? I do. I have a 1 p.m. EST uh, – NFT space actually co-hosted by Doug, our favorite Douglas. Y'all know who I'm talking about, Doug Bonepart. And that is going to be covering a little bit in how to do due diligence in NFTs, but also a little bit like mental health stuff. So yeah, that'll be at uh, that'll be at 1 p.m. EST. I'm going to put out the reminder about that right after this, and then I'll also drop out the reminder about the bullish ripper space. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, some closing thoughts um, from our speakers. SoFlo, any closing thoughts? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I actually wanted to talk about a few catalysts besides earnings tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, we, there will be a micro strategy event. Uh, it is a two-day event. I believe they call it the World 22, where they will be discussing uh, Bitcoin's uh, usage in corporate companies. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting catalyst, which could uh, push companies like MicroStrategy, Square, even potentially Bitcoin. Um, we will have the CEO of um, 
square there and of micro strategy. Also, another reason I would say why a lot of Chinese EVs are running today is the fact that tomorrow they will be giving out some EV deliveries, which include Li Auto, XPEV, and NEO. So that's definitely uh, two catalysts tomorrow to watch out for. Uh, obviously, Wednesday is that OPEC. So that's, that's uh, you know, we might see some volatility in uh, XLE and just the overall energy industry. But yeah, no, I just wanted to put those names out there just because, you know, if, if you are trading and you actively trade through you in, uh, different ranges, these catalysts can help you gauge what stocks do have some sort of, you know, volatility and potential bigger moves throughout the day. But yeah, I appreciate you for having me on here today. And I appreciate, you know, obviously setting up all of these spaces. So thanks for that, guys. Appreciate you being on here. Thank you. Okay, let's keep it going. Ja, going to you. Also, I'm in those Neo puts with you. Um. Uh, nothing really. Just thank you for having me. Give everyone a follow. Um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, yeah, I'm swinging spy puts for 40s, February 11th and February 7th. And that's about it. Give everyone a follow. Everyone here knows what they're doing. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Okay, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Matt, any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, I think today, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think today we're getting some really strong signs. Tesla clearly broken bullish at 900 plus, and I think the market is looking stable. We're not any signs that S&P is going to fill gaps or trade lower. So I think going into big mega cap earnings this week, it's, things are looking positive. I'm not really feeling additional bear pressure, but I don't feel the bulls rushing in yet. And we're keeping a close eye on the 10-year. We're keeping a close eye. You know, the things you would normally want to look at when the market is standing on the edge of a cliff, staring out into oblivion and saying, am I going to go into a recession or not? And these ideas that we're seeing that people are still a little cautious about where they're putting their money. Um, we're not getting a lot of movement on the 10 year. Things are still pretty, you know, I guess not so crowded yet. So I'm not really convinced people are going to jump into equities so quickly. At least once you pass a quarter one and earnings just prove the market's not going to continue selling off. We're going to hit those rate hikes in stride. And I think the idea that we get that from the Fed is not because the Fed wants to crash the market and chunk us back into mass unemployment, people getting laid off, and, and this logistical cog just stops spinning and we go back to zero. Nobody wants that. And, you know, especially with the, the current administration we have, our, our country couldn't afford that either. We would slump into a depression we probably couldn't crawl out of. So I know that Jay Powell is going to be very, very cautious, right? about how they maneuver this. And they might just chunk in. I mean, there's rumors that I've heard from people that are believing we could get a 50 basis point hit right at the first rate hike, right? And so I think that the market's actually pricing in that possibility, not just a rate hike in general. And if we don't get something bigger than that, we get what's expected. It'll. I think it's going to be a lot like 2018 where the market just continues to increase uh, in value in the stock market because the economy is improving and people aren't losing their jobs. And the market's going to slowly start moving, but but I, I don't think that we're going to plunge into a huge, massive recession here. At least the positioning right now doesn't show me any signs of fear. It just told me that we're, we're pricing in, you know, two rate hikes at once. It feels like it. And I think we had that same kind of rumor the first time they started raising rates and going through this back in that kind of that period of when Trump first got elected, kind of middle of his administration. We kind of gone through a similar boat. But we had the trade war on top of it to make it even scarier. Rate hikes at that point didn't crash the market. So I don't believe that it will. And a chance that I always I always look at the economics and the health of the entire stock market 
as a direct correlation to people getting their jobs back and going to work. If people have their jobs and they're making money, they're spending money. If they're spending money, they're getting credit cards. They're getting credit cards. Banks are making money and lending more out. And everyone's happy and everyone gets a, a new car and a Louis Vuitton and then life is great. I think we'll get there. I think the next year or two, we're actually going to be more bullish than people expect and think. Even with rate hikes and any possible tightening, I don't think we're going to slip into any kind of bear market as, as, as unemployment's coming down. So I'm still, you know, happily bullish-ish. And this period of this first quarter, we need to get through this. And then once the market is, you know, once people are done, you know, crying about rate hikes, I think we'll be okay. I really do. And those are my final thoughts. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Matt. All right, let's keep it going. Juicy, any closing thoughts? Okay, we might come back around. Vegas? Uh, I have a question before you go. What's up, Gerg? You both. You're like the one these places to speak. How can someone keep track of them? Like it's impossible. Any easy way? You should make a calendar or something like that that everyone can track for free. Imagine. A calendar is a genius idea, Gerg. I wonder why I didn't think of that. Oh wait, we did. We actually have a free public Google calendar. Anybody, anybody can join up on this. We have every single space, time, speaker. Everything you need in one spot. If you like finance spaces with these speakers, if you like crypto and NFT and financial literacy, we have it all for you. All you need to do is right now, go ahead, DM myself or Stock Market News, shoot me over your Gmail, and I will add you to it for free. Join 3,000 plus other investors on a journey towards financial freedom. Again, all of our stuff is free with these spaces, with this calendar. It's a tool for us to deliver the best spaces possible to the rest of you. Any other questions, Gary? I mean, if, if someone doesn't like that, can they just leave that? How does, how does that work to someone? Exactly, yeah. That? So yeah. It's a great question. So first off, it's not going to clutter your calendar. You can toggle it on and off. So you don't even have to see it if you don't want it. And then number two, easily you can leave it. It's free to unsubscribe, of course. There's doesn't even send a message to us. No harm, no foul. You're not going to hurt my feelings or anything. Um, but absolutely get in the DMs right now. And uh, you will hurt my feelings if you're not on it. So... You do got to shoot me over that, that, that Gmail, and we'll get you on there to everybody. And then, of course, as long as you're following the speakers, following the hosts, myself and the co-hosts, you will be seeing our spaces on your timeline. And everybody that's up here is doing a lot of these spaces. So that's what I highly recommend you all do. Okay. Uh, with that being said, we're going to keep it rolling. Gary, any closing thoughts? Nope. Like I said, right, I think today and tomorrow might be another bull trap. And for us to get a better picture and a much clearer one, you might be better off waiting till Friday or Monday at least. With this, right, almost all the names that are 10% plus are the ones that have done almost 40%. Yeah, do that. So this might just be a leaf rally or just another bull trap. So I think. We might go even lower, and I'm not buying anything for now. Yep, absolutely. I think I'm in a similar mindset. I mean, I'm holding puts right now, so we'll see what those. What yeah, well, there. who's the, who's the who's long pen? You or stock market news? Stock market news. Are you a short pen? I am short pen. Did you buy puts or? No, because what I'm, uh, I'm. It's more of an earnings play, and they don't report until Thursday morning. So to be honest, I'm looking for the best entry. Um, if they were up like five, six percent today, my goal was to come in with puts there. Um, they're up about one point five percent, just traversing sideways. So I'm gonna wait and see what happens probably tomorrow. Because last last week, what happened was 
I had the perfect play with LC, right? I was like, yep, this thing's going to fly downwards. But I bought the puts when they were down 5% on Monday. They then proceeded to go up like 10% from there. So I, you know, even though I made money on them when they dropped 28%, you know, from earnings, I could have made a lot more money if I basically had just waited a little bit closer and then bought before that drop. Yeah, well, do you know what would I do if I were you? What would you do? So if I see a player where that in the past, right, that moves a lot, could be like a pen or a LC. Like we know, right, LC moves to 1D, 20 apples on average. With players like this, I would just buy calls and puts before, let's say 10 this before, and sell them a day before. Uh, no, no, I would sell them right before the close on the previous day. So like you mentioned, right, they have earnings on Thursday pre-market. So for this, I would probably buy the calls and puts last week, Wednesday, and sell them Wednesday before close. So make money on the IV increase and don't hold through the earnings. With this, right, like LC, you might have not made a lot, right? Even though the stock was down 30%, but the only person expecting on the other side. So when you have sky high IVs, I tend to not play those. I just tend to buy them at cheap IVs and sell them when the IV goes up. Yeah, I know you play more of those uh, straddle positions and kind of play on both sides. So for sure, that's definitely the strategy. Okay, anything else you want to add, Gerg? Nope, so far so good. Yo, what's up, Juicy? I see your hands up. Hey, guys, I might have uh, missed the call out. I'm still running my live stream over here. I mean, closing thoughts for me, man. Right now, we're in, I'm still long spy, but I got it on Friday, so I have a good cost basis. If you're not really long anything yet, let some – I call it let candles marinate. Um, as the day goes on, you're going to be able to gain more information as more candles are forming on the chart, um, you know, and especially as we start getting to those the second half of the day. Like a lot of people stay on the five minutes and the one minute, and that's cool and all. But as we get those bigger candles that start to form, the 30, the hour, the four hour, once we start getting these bigger candles, you can start to gauge where this market's going to go. And right now, uh, we're chopping around, looking at SPY. We're on the one minute trying to bull flag up. Five minutes ago, we we're trying to bull flag down. But look at the hour on SPY, we've just been inside. Uh, so my advice to everybody is let these candlesticks open up. I call it let it marinate. Let the market marinate. Um, if we can get a break of high a day, we can start talking about going up or down or whatever. But right now, we're too indecisive to determine where we're going to go. So play it safe. Put those triggers there. Follow your plan, and you'll be all good. Perfect. Thank you, Juicy. Danny, any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, Datadog, new high a day. Let's go. Datadog to 148, possibly by the close of today. Uh, Gav, of course, thanks for having me up here. It's always fun to be on these Monday morning uh, trade talks. This is my my favorite day to trade. I love the morning, the the Monday morning energy. Doesn't matter what the rest of the week does. Uh, when I look at my P and L, Monday mornings are always my best trading day. So, uh, yep, Apple. I mean, doing exactly what I said it was going to do. Right now, flagging at that one six one eight at one seventy three fifty four, looking really nice for a continuation, possibly into the close. Uh, Data dog. Broke that 1272 at 142.28 to the upside. New high a day, as I just mentioned. And uh, Tesla did put in that spinning top on the 30-minute. And I actually just peeked at the raindrops. And most of the 
uh, volume was at the bottom right of the candle. So um, watching to see how this next 30 minute candle closes. Generally, when you get a spinning top at a key reversal level, like a 1618, is it, which is exactly what we got, you tend to get either consolidation or a pullback. So going to be watching Tesla really close into this 30 minute. I like what's going to happen this week. Uh, everything looks like it's going to continue to go up, maybe for a couple of days. But like I said, and I'll reiterate, not sold on the bounce. Happy to trade it to the upside, but certainly going to be looking for weakness to the downside uh, as the week progresses. And catalysts could be some of the earnings that we have up. Google, Amazon, very big companies. If we start to see, you know, worse or not as good as expected numbers, uh, watch for that uh, as a catalyst to send tech lower. If we see exceeding numbers, then that could be a catalyst to continue uh, to the upside. So I think we just have to be very careful. It's always very important, no matter if your name that you're trading is is earnings, has an earnings or not, you have to look at like sector. So if NVIDIA earnings is coming up and you're trading AMD, AMD is going to get affected by NVIDIA's earnings. So you have to just be mindful of what you're trading and what you're holding if you're deciding to hold overnight. My strategy for this week is build profits, roll with profit. So this way, if, the, if I get a gap down the next day and things come down, all I've lost is profit. I don't want to be holding, you know, original contracts into the next day in this environment because, you know, what what is the last six to eight weeks taught us? You know, major reversals. So not sold. You know, I think it's uh, guilty until proven innocent. I think uh, Brian Shannon uh, phrase that I'm going to be stealing. And uh, yeah, just uh, appreciate everybody up here. Make sure you're following all of the panelists up here. Make sure that you are uh, tuning in to all of these spaces. We try, all of us try and teach as much as we can. But the reality is, if you're not receptive to the teachings, then you're not going to move forward as a trader. So be receptive, you know, practice what we preach, find your own style. And just keep pushing forward. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. So appreciate it. I'll see you all on the next space. Perfect. Great having you on as always, Danny. Thank you for being here. Okay, Stock Talk. Any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just don't uh, – my big, you know, I guess message for a day like today would be like don't fall into – these kind of rallies as like a reason to chase. You don't want to be chasing moves like this um, in what was almost a bear market in the NASDAQ last week, right? I mean, we were 3%. We were a 3% drop away away from a bear market by definition in the NASDAQ. And so if you're using that as a frame of reference and you think a one-day rally like this where everything is up double digits is convincing you that there's going to be a reversal in the indexes, just think more realistically than that. Like, has anything changed about the monetary environment does anything change about, you know, the policy environment? No, not at all. And so those fears are still there. Uh, are more and more sellers getting done rotating and done selling every week? Yes. But predicting the exact end of that cycle is impossible. So, you know, again, I'm not saying this isn't a short-term bottom. It very well could be. And I'm not saying it is a short-term bottom short-term bottom, because we might get faded tomorrow super hard, right? So let's just be patient and continue to watch daily action i think if you're trading it's very difficult to swing trade in this environment i know a lot of people today are like yo i'm gonna go long on you know for the next several days and get positions that i plan to hold i'm not saying you can't hold things overnight but 
don't don't buy into a rally like this because you know, I tweeted something like this last week where you know on the long side when people anticipate profit takers they anticipate the stock to correct right in reaction to profit takers but for some odd reason people don't anticipate that same thing on the downside so i think newer traders don't really view it as a stock is going down once a stock has gone has gone down enough shorts are going to cover shorts are going to take profit and that's going to cause a relief bounce in the stock so you don't necessarily want to um buy into that and then if you're also looking at people who are playing short-term downside day rallies like friday and today may cause some of those people to be over leveraged and be required to to cover shorts indiscriminately which is why you can see days like this as well so you know there's a number of pressures on both sides and and even in bear markets historically you see a lot of these types of days so i'm not saying we're going back to bear market territory for the nasdaq but we easily could. And so just play on a day by day basis until you see either side string together a couple weeks of consistent activity. If you see a couple weeks of consistent green and a lot of these stocks retake key moving averages and the, the charts get back above water, then you can start considering it a reversal, but not off one day of action. It's just so funny to me, like bears who were tweeting stuff on Thursday of last week are deleting their tweets now. And then bulls who are saying stuff are like too scared to call it a bottom. Like, don't don't like put that onus on yourself. Don't expect yourself to have a crystal ball. Just play the daily action and see what happens. And if you do it that way, then you're not, you know, forcing yourself to be a, a wizard and predict these things because you can't just wait for the action to play out and wait for one side to string it together enough consecutive days that you can call it a trend. But for right now, you can't call it an, an upwards or downwards trend on a number of names. So I think patience is the number one thing. Great points. Great points all around. Absolutely. It's a weird, weird time period. Um, and, you know, I think I'm in the same boat as you until the cues can prove this is more than just a two-day thing, right? String a little bit along and, you know, spies even having a little bit of a, a stumble here, just kind of trying to put something together. Um, it, it, I think I agree with you that the biggest thing right now is like position sizing and, uh, you know, downside protection for sure in multiple forms. Okay. Awesome. Stock market news. My wonderful co-host, who I'll be doing multiple more spaces with today. Y'all should be all checking out, especially this week with earnings. So we putting out a tweet storm uh, that is well worth your time and follow. What's going on, man? Yeah, this is definitely going to be a very busy week. Looking forward to it. Quick point uh, on Stock Talk. I know a bunch of people have said this before. You know, patience does pay. And one big advantage that these long-term investors or these retail investors, even if you're a trader, uh, have on these institutions is you don't have an end-of-week profit and loss target, an end-of-month, an end-of-quarter, whatever target that you have to hit. You can sit there, wait, bide your time. You know, a lot of people think there's, there's only two positions you can be in, and that's bullish and bearish. But there's a third. You could be neutral, waiting for your opportunities. And, you know, investing or, and trading is a game of percentages. And you should be trading when the percentages are, are more in your favor. And that comes and goes as market conditions. So I think just listening to everyone else, listening to, to kind of how they're feeling about, as Gov, as Wolf, you said, their position sizing um, and, and maybe how many times you trade or just kind of only playing with your profits after that first move. There's a lot of stuff you could do when the market gets a little bit tougher. But uh, the worst thing you can do is not pivot and not change. You got to be fluid with the market and take what's take what it gives you when it, next time it's easy again maybe you know uh push down on the throttle a little bit more but we're still definitely not in that spot yet uh but 
we have multiple. I'm going to stop there and, and move on. Uh, make sure you're following all the speakers up here. Wolf and myself only look to bring up the best of the best on these spaces to share as much, much information as possible. Make sure you're checking out all their timelines. They're posting some great tweets. Go into everybody who's up here. Check them out. Big shout out to Bullish Rippers, the Green Raccoon. I do personally tweet from that account. Uh, we have another spaces coming uh, today at 3 p.m. Eastern, a little bit of a power hour space. Uh, I think we're going to have a couple of the people who are up here now, uh, but we got a good good crew coming for that later. If you enjoy spaces, which, you know, honestly, if you're still in here, the 490, 500 of you in here, as we've gone through wrap-ups, you clearly do enjoy spaces. So that is definitely something you will enjoy. Make sure you're following that green raccoon and. Uh, I know Gob will be hosting that space at 3 p.m. Gob, the guy behind the Wolf Financial account, which is always hosting uh, amazing spaces. Literally has 20 spaces this week. You can check out his pinned tweet, but a must follow. He'll be uh, hosting that space from the Rippers account, and we'll be getting the live uh, the re- reminder link out soon. So make sure you're looking out for that, and I'm super excited. Perfect. Okay. Not too much more to add on to that. Uh, this was our second space of 19 this week. We have the next one is going to be NFTs, due diligence, and mental health at 1 p.m. EST, co hosted by the Unique Unicorns and Doug Boneparth. 3 p.m. EST, power hour from the Bullish Rippers account. Again, make sure you're checking out the Green Raccoon up here. We're going to have a slew of speakers on that. I think Gergen Stock Talk will be back. We have uh, Exclusive will be on that. Catherine Ross, Sarge, the Stocksman, Gerg. Um, really good stuff all around. And then 7 p.m. EST night, pretty excited, put together a next level financial literacy space in this financial literacy space. I really felt like we haven't had a super diversified financial literacy space in a while. So I have speakers coming in that will be covering everything from dividends and index funds to entrepreneurship, mindset, crypto, NFTs, momentum trading. Um, so be on the lookout for that one at 7 p.m. EST tonight and then a whole bunch more this week. Again, you can just DM me your email if you want to have all of them added to your calendar. Or you can check out my pinned tweet. Thank you again to everybody that tuned in with us. We do love these Monday morning spaces. I think this was one of our longer running ones at about two and a half hours. And we will be excited to chat with you more in about an hour. Take care, everybody. Have a good rest of your Mondays.